show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Nonetheless, it is our ultimate Christmas show, our final Christmas show of 2021, also our final show of 2021. In addition, it's our uh, first uh, Koki Memorial Christmas show as well. Um, so uh, Koki was a fixture, was um, such an important part of our Christmas show. So we dedicate the final Christmas show of BTB every year going forward to our um our beloved um comedian um just good friend um resident pervert i mean (laughs) koki touched so many lives um and uh with his humor and uh we we miss him so much um he was a fixture on our show he was a fan favorite sorry general i know you're a fan favorite as well um but yes tonight's show is also dedicated to our, our dear friend Koki, who we miss very, very much, who sadly left us in uh, the summer of 2021. And it really, you know, the show hasn't really been the same since. But uh, nonetheless, we are uh, dedicating the show tonight to Koki. And let's go ahead and introduce the amazing holiday panel that we've assembled. Of course, I'm Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most... And that's right, joining us for all the Christmas cheer. He is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. Yeah, in general, like you said, fan favorite, singular, meaning one, one fan. But um, yeah, we're here to celebrate the legacy of um, Cookie Claws. Um, it's, this has always been my favorite um, show of the year. On, on BTB, it's always kind of a train wreck, but um, I always loved to have it. <laughs> I always love to have it topped off um, with one of Koki's um, Christmas um, songs that he would do, one of his original 
um, perverted, drug-filled Christmas songs. And it really became, like, for me, like a tradition, part of my holiday season each yeah. year. And something I definitely always look forward to. And I know last year he was going through some stuff and couldn't make it on the show, unfortunately. You know, and, like, you know, and after that, I was hoping, I'm like, okay, well... I'm hoping he'd be here next year to um, do his song, you know, but unfortunately, you know, it's not going to happen. But we're going to play some of his classic Christmas songs, you know, this year. And from here on out, we're going to That's right. We play some of his um, best hits, you know, or or best misses or whatever you want to call it. Yes. (laughs) Should I announce what those songs are? So this, the songs that we'll be playing that Koki sang for us, I actually assisted with some acoustic guitar um at the end of the program um we will be playing these two amazing songs that he actually did um one year because i believe he felt he was upstaged by btv zone sabrina taylor smith and he got cold feet (laughs) right yes and as a result he left the studio without even performing his song so we went back to the studio to record these Christmas songs. Um, after Christmas. After Christmas. Yes. Yeah. But because so many of our listeners and us in general uh, felt like something was missing on Christmas, um, we had to get him to sing these songs. And it's a rendition of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, this one's called Santa Claus is Hoeing Your Mom. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> that definitely also, sounds like a yeah, and then uh, his song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which his rendition is Have, Your Saint, Have Yourself a Cocaine Little Christmas. Um, there you so. go. <laughs> and, you know, and the people, I, I felt back at the people at home who listened to it um, on the podcast weren't there in the studio when we were. Mm-hmm. And the funniest part was the scene how he would take these songs so seriously. And when, when you're singing a song about like Santa doing coke or, or hoeing your mom or whatever, and you, you think it's just like somebody goofing around, but the but the way he would get so stressed out before the song, because he take it he took it so seriously, and he would do every verse too. It wasn't just like let's just do one verse, joke around, and be done with it. No, he would keep going and going, and, and it was just get funnier and funnier yeah. as the song went on because of just how seriously he took that song, you know. And you're you're talking about doing blow and you know and all banging hookers. Kind of, yeah, banging hookers, all this kind of like crazy stuff, and just <laughs> do it. Like no one else could do these songs that like he did and make them funny. And ironically, he he is a Jew. Yeah. Um, so when he performed these songs, it was kind of funny because he doesn't really celebrate Christmas. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, he celebrated Christmas in his own way. And if you heard the opening promo, he he greeted us with a ho ho ho, Merry Christmas. Preceding that, a little, little musical <clears throat> medley by one of his favorite artists. That's Miley Cyrus. Her rendition of Let It Snow with actor Bill Murray from a very Murray Christmas Netflix uh, special uh, that aired a few years ago. So, I, you know, Miley Cyrus is one of Koki's favorite artists. So uh, happy uh, to open up. Uh, Why did he like her? He loved how crazy she was. You know, I mean, <laughs> she was unapologetic. She was naughty. She was crazy. She was wild. Hey, Al, you know, the next show we should have her on. Oh yeah, I would love to have Miley Cyrus on. Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. It's like so much fun, though. Okay. Also joining us on the panel, guys, he is the one and only, the man with a calming presence. He is also a a fan favorite on Below the Belt show. Fan, one fan. 
one fan. He is also the prince, uh, the Persian prince of pop culture. He is the one and only Mike, the General Zod. Yes, howdy, everybody. And it's not about quantity. It's about quality of the fans. And I have the best fan, the best fan possible. Okay. (laughs) You know, I started up my only fan. And, uh, <laughs> but like but like my subscriber got really confused when i kept talking about airflow so um and like ceiling angle so <laughs> okay well let's go ahead and introduce also joining the panel she is a voice actress extraordinaire she's a great mom she's our fellow filipina ali dash Glad to be back, back to back yeah. episodes. Yes, yeah. adorable. We have to make the Chris, one of the uh, Christmas shows, right? The continuation of the Christmas show. Um, we also have joining us. That's right. He is another actor extraordinaire. Um, he's worked with all kinds of Hollywood actors from um, all walks of life. He is seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. He is Paul <laughs> Darth Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Darth Wallace, good to have you on Below the Belt Show. You know what? I, this is kind of fun. You actually brought up a good idea. Who would be a dream guest to have well, we on had Below her, the Belt Show? We had her dad on. I think you know mine. Okay. Allie Dash, go ahead. Um, Definitely Lily Collins. Lily Collins! <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm going to name a female and a male star. Um. Everyone knows I love Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, the ultimate Christmas present. Uh, be a guest on Below the Belt Show. Um, but um, man, it doesn't get better than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's one celebrity that I've always wanted to interview. I mean, I respect him as an actor. I respect him as a former WWE superstar. Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be awesome. Maybe that one day awesome. here on Below the Belt Show. General Zod? <laughs> Are we talking about like um, people that we have crushes on, or people you think would be good good guests? It, it could right, be both. Are you saying that Al has a crush on The Rock? Well, obviously everybody <laughs> does. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, because there's a lot of people like you know, you know, tying in because I guess because Spider Man's been on my mind. Yes. Or why Tom Holland? I think like you know I've seen was- glimmers of interviews where he is funny as fuck. And like he would be in an excellent yes! you nice. He chain smokes though. I mean, I worked with him on a, a cherry up in Ohio. I mean, he you worked on the cherry movie. Like, wow, cigarettes every scene. Wow, and that's wow. kind of common for the well, Brits, actually. It's weird looking at a guy who plays a high school kid smoking all the time on set, but he smokes a lot. Well, wow, a lot of people smoked in high school, so yeah, that <laughs> uh, can kind of make sense. But uh, yeah, that. That, I, I love the, the, that suggestion. Paul Walsh, oh, no, you have, I mean, you have a favorite? Do, is Miley your favorite? It out, just get yeah. the three Spider-Men. Which All was, three Spider-Men, yes. Yeah. Which we'll be a talking to talking about very, very soon. Uh, Paul Darth Wallace, is there a favorite uh, personality that you think would be a dream person to have on the show? You know what I'll say? Uh, I worked with him a, a couple times. Rester Stallone seems pretty cool. Um Nice. Maybe Joanne, who I also work with. I mean, just because, I mean, he's kind of quiet, but I mean, if you get to know him, he's actually pretty cool. Okay, Sly. That's a good choice. Chachi, do you have um, 
a guest that would be kind of like a dream guest choice for Below the Belt show for you? Yeah, yeah, actually I do, um, especially because um, her birthday is next month, mm-hmm. and she'll be turning 100. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Betty wow. White. That's right, Betty, Betty White. White. The legend, Barry, yeah. Betty White, okay. and... You know, and, and you know, of course, turning a hundred, you know, like how many more years will we have to interview her? But it'd just be great. Oh my just god! Imagine, just imagine all the great stories that she could have, you know, and just like, just uh, such a great comedian that has been in the business for, for so many decades. It'd just be really cool to talk to her. I love that, that would choice. That'd be awesome. I mean, you got Ed Asner. Yeah, we Ed, did. We did. Ed Asner, we got him, and sadly he had passed away, after. Um, yeah, after he did our interview. But we do have someone new that joined the panel. She is a Yay! singer, actress, host extraordinaire. Um, she loves the pretty boy party boys. She is the one and only Serena Taylor Smith, a.k.a. Sweet Chocolata. I'm sorry. I just can't seem to make electronics work. But you're you're here. You're here. That's I am. I am. I'm here. So, we were talking about who would be your dream celebrity guest. Sarah Michelle Gellar. And I, I didn't even have to ask. I knew it was Sarah Michelle Gellar. You don't have to ask her, no. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Okay. All right. Now, of course, I sent everyone an email. Um, it wouldn't be a Christmas show without talking about some of our favorite Christmas traditions or Christmas memories over the years. Uh, for those of us that celebrate the holiday, I think everyone on the panel does. Um. Let's start with uh, Ali Dash. Ali Dash, do you? I, I, I know last week we talked about favorite movies or Christmas specials that we like, but is there anything like uh, in the broad sense of the word, like things that you like to do as a family, um, you know, uh, every Christmas, or maybe even if you don't really do any traditions, is there something that sticks in your mind as one of your most memorable Christmases? Um, we like every um, even. As a kid, we would always have cinnamon rolls for Christmas breakfast. Um, and so now we do it with our kids. Um, so kind of oh, wow. continue that tradition. Um, oh, wow. And then I think I was telling you guys last time I was on here, um, one of my favorite like accidental traditions was when we waited till last minute to wrap presents. Um, so now every Christmas Eve, we stay up super late. Um, me and my husband wrapping presents, watching, um, we always have to watch Mean Girls, um, and we just, like, stay up, eat cookies, and wrap presents, um, but it started off as we forgot until last minute, but now it's become a tradition every year that I, like, we both look forward to. Mike the General Zod, do you have any particular, um, Christmas memories or Christmas traditions you like to do? Well, Just like Allie, we stay up pretty much all night wrapping presents for our kids, my wife and I do. And um, so we don't have a specific thing we watch, but you, what, the past few years we wound up watching some kind of like stand-up comedy special almost every uh, every time. Like we watched this really great Sarah Silverman one last time. She's funny as fuck. But when it comes to Christmas... There's this uh, there's a story my mom loves to tell and it's kind of it's kind of wholesome but it's like a um one of the one of the first uh one of the first christmases that we had when we moved to the states from uh from Iran um and I don't even remember this but my mom loves telling this about how like I guess I was in like preschool or something like that and that's where I learned about what christmas really was 
So I came home and I asked my mom, I was like, where's our tree? And they weren't, I mean, my, my parents were like totally frazzled grad students at the time, the last, and they were from Iran. They, you know, they're, they're, they're not Christian. So like, they were like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck do we need a tree for? (laughs) (laughs) So, so so, like my mom made my dad run out and get a Christmas tree. This is like, um, maybe like December 23rd, 22nd or 23rd. So it comes, they come back and then I'm asking, I ask. So where are the uh, where are the things you put on the tree? The, I didn't know what ornaments were, but like the balls and lights and stuff like that. So my mom made her it made him go out again and <laughs> uh, get uh, get a bunch of ornaments and lights. And then they asked. Uh, and then when they came back, like on Christmas Eve, I asked. Um, so why aren't there any boxes under the tree? <laughs> <laughs> so, so then my mom again made my dad go out and uh, you know i guess like uh the intent was for him to get presents but no what he got and i found out christmas morning was he got a bunch of empty boxes and put them <laughs> under the tree <laughs> That's great. So that was my first Christmas in, in America. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Uh, Paul Darth Wallace, any particular Christmas memory tradition? I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I think everyone's been pretty much different. Now. So, I mean, I really were you, don't... Were you busy that. training to be a Sith Lord during that time, usually? Uh, yes, I was. I think okay. right now I was like five or ten, I actually got a lightsaber. Okay, so does that mean that the the Sith don't celebrate Christmas? Nah, well, we do celebrate Christmas, but it's just mediocre. Okay, okay. Sabrina Taylor-Smith, any particular Christmas memories or uh, traditions that you've done, maybe as a child, maybe as an adult? would say misery <laughs> oh, <laughs> savvy. um i enjoy the christmas show every year and i'm gonna have oh a- yes year, so. oh that's true that's true this is actually a part of everyone's christmas culture yes it is okay chachi i knew you got some 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 awesome family traditions and uh oh, things well, you guys I'm, like to do i mean i'm all about traditions for like, all the holidays but especially christmas and you know it's Christmas was definitely like the best when you were a kid. Like it was so exciting, you know, it was like, you know, better than your birthday, you know, better than Halloween, you know, it was just, it was just like the best holiday ever, you know, but I just remember like being a kid and like my parents had like those old um, Christmas lights on the tree. Like, remember like the, the bigger bulbs when like one would go out, like the whole strand would go out. And I just remember every year my dad going through trying to find out what light went out on the whole strand so he had to go through it with a with a bottle he knew that worked and go through the whole strand to make sure to see which one was burned out you know the kids don't know how easy they have it now with these um what they call parallel lights now not serial or vice versa oh okay i'm not an electrician but they're easier to troubleshoot yeah yeah and i, and I remember one year like um i don't know if you guys remember like back in the day like when they had all this different hotlines you could call um you know I mean, i'm dating myself sex, admitting that yes yeah, I, know. Yeah. I, mean, I mean they had the sex hotlines that they would charge you per minute but then they also had <laughs> hotlines for like um you know your favorite like um singer like, like dj dj jazzy jeff in the first right. had one you know and like they had they had one i saw in the mall for santa claus and i was a little kid i didn't know that 
it costs money to call this hotline. Oh my God. I remember <laughs> like I remember writing the number down and then I would call it every day because every day, oh, every no. day they would tell you that Santa Claus was getting closer and a call back tomorrow. And they'd keep you on the line for like five minutes. Meanwhile, they're they're you know tacking up the bill for each one of those minutes. And I remember like the bill came. Oh boy, it might have been like fifty bucks, which was like could have been like you know a thousand in today's dollars. Right. But you know, my parents were upset, but you know they you know, didn't punish me or anything, which I was surprised, you know, and they, cause I didn't Trust really you, know. Yeah. I, I did the same thing. It was a uh, Sesame Street hotline. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got in trouble too. Oh <laughs> my God. Hey, this hey, crazy. Hey. <laughs> I racked up my grandparents bill when I discovered, um, three-way calling. Oh. If you like flash oh, the number yeah. and then you called someone else and I was so excited. So me and like five people were like, we're all on the call together. And then the bill came and I didn't know it was. It cost money. Did it, did it charge you per minute or just like a one-time fee? I I can't remember. I just remember they were uh, not happy. You know, but, oh. but nowadays, like, there's plenty of traditions. I, I know, like, my me and my parents and my brother and family, we always eat Chinese food on Christmas Eve. Oh, a lot that. of Jews do that, actually. Which I didn't know about. I kind of started it because of um, a Christmas story. Yeah. Which they they ate that on Christmas Day when their dinner got ruined by the dog and everything. But you know, always like <laughs> Christmas Eve because you know Christmas Day we have plenty of um, family gatherings. Right. So like we still do that tradition, and I I'll like not eat because I don't eat Chinese food like probably a few times a year because it's like super greasy, but I do like it. But I mean I eat yeah. food too. So but if it's like August, I'm always thinking like oh well I'll eat you know Chinese food for Christmas Eve. You know Christmas Eve, so I'm not gonna eat any now. So I won't eat it for like the last, you know, quarter of the year. Unless it's PF, PF Chang's, because that's pretty much uh, very Americanized Chinese food. It is, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just all the movies I like to watch every year, the same ones. You know, always watch the Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, yes. Always watch a, a Christmas um, Vacation. Always watch Bad Santa every year. It's a certain things that I watch, but then it feels like so weird. Like if you don't watch them, and then you'll end up watching them like, the day or two after Christmas, it just feels so different. Like, I don't know why the whole yeah. world changes. Like, it's so much more magical these right. yeah, yeah, magic, yeah. It's like magic is gone by that point. And, you know, <clears throat> all the Christmas songs throughout, like, you know, usually since um, the day after Thanksgiving, I was listening to Christmas songs the whole month. I love all Christmas right. music. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? I mean, as long as they don't play too early. After Thanksgiving, though, guys, come on now. I mean, yeah. we we start I'm celebrating. Right with that after Thanksgiving, but after like Thanksgiving, before, but no earlier. But no now earlier. Oh, people are doing in October this year. October is yeah. I heard it in yeah. October, and I was like, now. "What the hell is happening?" So I was horribly offended. I mean, it's I was so the, you know, Walmart is half Halloween, half Christmas in the sections. But Walmart's already like, like I was in Target last week, and they already had Valentine's Day for the whole row. <laughs> oh Jesus so I was Christ! Very upset oh. about. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Well, I I mean, it, it's kind of a cute story. So uh, I come from a devout Catholic family and every uh, Christmas we would go to midnight mass. But this is a kind of a tradition that kind of started as a child and even continues through adulthood, which is kind of funny. So every midnight mass, which is uh, Christmas Eve um, when the midnight mass took place, as kids, we would be rushed into our minivan as mom and dad would put the gifts under the tree. So when we got back from the Christmas mass, um, you know, we as kids, we'd be, oh, Santa came and delivered all the gifts. So as we get older, mm-hmm. we start realizing that Santa's not real. <laughs> um, so we kind of like nudge mom and dad, like, spoilers, um, spoilers. okay, sh- should we watch? Should we 
walk to the car and go in the car now? Like, we kind of give her a hint, like, okay, we, we know what's up. Uh, <laughs> we'll walk in the car, we'll go into the car, and, of course, we, we're playing along that we, we, we already knew that there was really no such thing as Santa Claus. Um, but, yeah, we would, we would come back from Midnight Mass, and we would Man, see... Man, you ruined it for me. I thought there was such a thing as Santa Claus. <laughs> we would see all the was... gifts on the chimney, uh, on the uh, fireplace. Um, I, I was only six when I stopped believing, um, and I was such a weird kid. Like I yeah. love Christmas, but I remember like thinking that it's such, like I was like, "There's no way this man does all these things." I was like, "That's such bullshit." <laughs> and so I asked my dad. I was like, "He's not real, right?" And I remember being so excited because I figured it out. Okay. And so I went and told my best friend at the time, and was like, "Guess what?" There's no Santa. Oh, you're the and worst. he starts crying. And then his oh. mom sat me down. Oh, so you and I got in so much trouble. <laughs> I was such a weird kid, but oh, I was no. so skeptical about everything. I mean, do for the people in the panel who have kids, do kids like not believe in Santa like a lot younger nowadays? Because I figure like anyone can like Google stuff and like ask yeah, Santa Claus real. That's for general and Allie. Like, yeah. Ten year old niece still believes. Um I oh, ruined wow. it for my daughter. You did? I was so sad because I wrote her a note as Santa and she was like, he's got your exact same handwriting. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's like, he dots like his eyes exact. Like, so I, I ruined it. I felt so bad. But she's so like, because the elves what? make the letters. <laughs> Sachi, you had a question for Allie? I was asking her how many Christmases have she has she ruined for people? Just those. I, I don't know if yes, my son I hope he does, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was really cute. There was um, so after my daughter stopped believe, even though she didn't believe, she would still move. We didn't have an elf on a shelf, but we had this monkey that was like, um, she would move it every early morning to a new location for her little brother. Um, <laughs> and so he would be like, oh my gosh. It moved again, um, but it was his older sister that was moving it. Yeah. Uh, General Zod, how about your kids? They, well, uh, they both. They uh, my daughter, my daughter is uh, two years older than my son, and she found out there's no Santa Claus two years ago, and he's the one who told her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wow, the younger sibling. Yeah, so the older uh, sibling. So, yeah, so it was. Uh, it's funny because. Uh, I was say that Allie ruined it for your kids. <laughs> oh yeah, Allie did. Too. <laughs> Allie must have told my son. Right. Yeah. And um, there, there's a funny story about my wife when she was in like uh, kindergarten because uh, she's Jewish, and so she grew mm-hmm. up like pretty much knowing there's no. Oh, Santa. you get the best of both worlds. You get Hanukkah and Christmas. Well, my kids do. I don't really get shit, but okay. <laughs> my, <laughs> my awesome. Kid, yeah, the uh, but she like totally like she actually got sent to the uh, the principal's office for this because she got into an argument with another kid in kindergarten and was like, oh, yeah, there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> all right guys well i think we should go on to what we do best here on btb and we got a big movie that's debatable to talk about guys so here we go with the hollywood news it is time for the hollywood report that's hot 
That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's right. Maryland's own Benji, Joel, good Charlotte with the Hollywood news name. All right, guys, let's talk about it, guys. My God, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Everybody in the panel has seen the movie. I made sure of that because we don't want to talk spoilers for those that Wait, haven't seen gonna it. we're going to talk about Spider-Man? I thought we were going to talk about that new Kurt Vonnegut documentary. That- <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start by um, a little disclaimer to our listening audience that we will be discussing Spider-Man, No Way Home, at length. From its entirety, so there will be spoilers. So yeah, we are gonna spoil the shit out of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to spoil the shit out of this movie. (laughs) I am so ready to go. If it's Christmas time, by the time this um, show is posted, it would be like the DVD would be out. So yeah, that's true. No, no, no. We got we we got a Christmas hiatus, so it'll be sooner than that. Anyways, (laughs) anyway, Sabrina, you are the self-professed. Spider-Man super fan. So I know you have an opinion. Of course, we did a little BTB social of sorts to watch No Way Home. Overall, your thoughts as the number one Spider-Man fan? Um, <laughs> I was literally thinking, are you sure you want to start with me? Because I've got a lot to say. Yeah, okay. no, please. I really, really loved the movie. I thought it was great. It's like everything that I've ever wanted and explained a lot of like torturous and traumatic moments that occurred with some of the other um, Spider-Man movies. And I don't mean torturous and traumatic as in my soul. I mean, um, (laughs) I will never remember an emo Tobey Maguire and it will traumatized me every time I'm still repressing that memory anyhow this movie made all of that okay and I just I like literally don't even know where I'm supposed to start with where I'm gonna start with this I also love how Mary Jane was not all helpless throughout the whole thing she was very much on top of it like the original Mary very Jane very integral part very integral part who's, of, yeah. who's Mary Jane She's she's actually Mary not Mary Jane. Oh, sorry, Michelle, Michelle Jones. Michelle sorry. Jones. Oh, MJ. It's a MJ. different universe. Yeah. It's a different universe. Although they did bring up in the movie, they were like Watson, and she was like Jones. I don't go by Watson anymore, so I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah. she definitely I did. did. Oh, yeah. so maybe they're um, alluding to maybe you know, the parents split, and Watson was her dad's name, and she took the mother's her name. Her parents definitely split. She has really bad daddy issues. Oh, she has daddy. The original issues. Mary Jane. I mean, obviously, I identify for many reasons, but (laughs) I especially identified with that. But she was always a boss ass dear. She was smart (laughs) and she was like, you know, um, thrifty and, of course, beautiful also. Yeah. And I I think it's pretty good. They did a really good job. Yeah, definitely consistent with all the Mary Janes. But, uh, uh, General Ali Chachi Paul is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. General in, in in summation, General, what would you say? Okay. Well, absolutely. I mean, it was so incredibly fun. And a little a lot of it. I mean, the movie was like um I would say a lot of it was fan service. 
and fan service yes. sometimes can be an annoying thing and sometimes it's awesome. This yes. time around it was it awesome. Was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Perfection. Like like did yeah. you I mean did you guys hear the amazing pops that happened when they first introduced especially Andrew Garfield and Toby Oh McCoy. god, yes. And like oh, that's a wrestling yeah, term by the way, the yes, pop. Yes, that was so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yes, I loved the multiple Spider-Man. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Every scene and, that they I literally looked forward to every scene that they were in together. And yeah. the thing the thing that I would say is watching this and it was something I always thought too from the original movies. Andrew Garfield really 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 is almost like the perfect Peter Parker, I think. Even more wow. than Tom, Tom Holland. Cuz like uh, I'm going to have to go with the Toby Maguire. He's no, got that No, no, no. Gorkiness. It's 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 a shame because Andrew Garfield got really short-shrifted because the two amazing Spider-Man movies aren't the best, like the writing and the directing and everything. But well, even the villains he admitted I thought he was a little too slick for Peter Parker. Yeah, he was. I he love sure? Toby he was the one. He was the most he was the most self-deprecating of the three of them. That's like true. he's like, yeah, I'm Peter three, and like uh, it seemed like they were kind no, of making it out like to be Peter like that. Peter I appreciated that, but I no, love no, Tim McGuire's dopey dorkiness. Like Peter Parker was a, a dork. He was a nerd. He was think, a science nerd, I think that's and he ended consistent. up being, you know, right? yeah, for all three Spider Men. Oh, for all no, three. He was kind of like he was kind of a cool kid Spider Man. Yeah, he was too. He was a cool kid. He seemed like a cool kid. You, to think, me. you think he was too much of a cool kid? Uh, yeah, he was like a skater and all that. I mean, my issue with him, he was way too much of a cool kid. That's exactly my issue. He was a skater. What skater do you know is a super nerd? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Who, who's but, picking on the skater boys in elementary school? Literally, no one. No, but I thought um, I thought Andrew Garfield. I, I thought they were making him kind of like admit that he was the least popular Spider-Man out of the three, like his movies. I was cool with that, yeah. and I was cool that he knew that too. Well, but yeah, what? like like for me, like I um, you know, I didn't I didn't like the movie. Wow, yeah. you didn't like it? No, no. You were in the minority. Why? All right. Why, Why didn't you like it? Because I loved it. <laughs> and, you know, I heard, I heard like so much good feedback about it before I went in there. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be disappointing. But no, it was really a fun, enjoyable movie. And I wasn't even the biggest fan of the last two Spider-Man movies. You know, I thought I thought they were okay, but I thought like a lot of it was like a lot of parts of it were, were annoying. And it seemed like they really like cut down a lot of the annoying stuff and just had like some kick-ass fighting scenes. And I just loved how they tied all the universes together and like. Yes. I guess made part. the other movies now canon. Um, in a way, you know, yeah. Well, canon, canon in an alternate universe. Right, so. yeah. Which, which right. Is rare, I, yeah, I which really is enjoyed that, too. And, and let's, talk about the, let's talk about tying in things. So Tom Holland's... Um, uh, so, uh, okay, so um, rather, Andrew Garfield's Spidey has a moment of redemption. Yeah. So, He's got to so, MJ. That's right. So MJ, Michelle Jones, not not Mary Jane, was falling <laughs> in a very similar fashion to Gwen Stacy in his Amazing Spider-Man two, and all of us gasped when when um uh, when the um Spider-Man three <laughs> Tom Holland <laughs> yeah. could uh, Spider-Man A, B, and C. 
Yeah, see, I could not rescue MJ, and then, why, my goodness, uh, uh, Spider-Man 2, Andrew Garfield rescued MJ, uh, and yeah, from that nasty drop, which would have been obviously fatal. Mm-hmm. I kept uh, wondering if that's what was going to happen from the trailer, because um, she was falling in like the exact same way. I was like, I mm-hmm. bet you Andrew Garfield's going to save her. Uh, yeah. He didn't get to save his person. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought even she was way less annoying in this in this one than the last two. Like, I didn't have her sit there and just like mope, mope around the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah she was yeah. a lot. I I, I, definitely I feel like also she grew as a character. Like she started letting people in. Um, and I think. Now what about this? How about Toby Maguire oh, preventing? What's Toby that? Mag- is she gone now? Because remember, they don't have memory of him, and I don't think he wants to put him in danger. So it's like, are they just going to do away with those characters? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. Well, they they still still I feel like Ned's going to be the Hobgoblin. There's multiple people talking at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to answer Paul's question, Sabrina? It's a Christmas show, and that's what we're doing for. That's what we're doing. I'm sorry. I completely forgot what the question was or was not. (laughs) I mean, is is MJ going to be like forgotten completely and just kind of written off the series now since uh, he has. No, 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 no. He's going to try to reestablish that place. You know, he kind of went to do that. And then he was like, no, I better not do this. And he just kind of left to keep him safe from. that's that's a that's a trope that's done a lot in the comics where peter um peter gives up like and walks away from a lot of women that he loves you know as this idea that i have to protect them you know they're in danger if i'm in their lives like they do that a lot mj's that's what general does too yeah yeah (laughs) well let's let's talk about one of the sad aspects of spider-man no way is the the sad death of Aunt May. Um, yes. Yes, uh, that's played that's by Marissa crying. Tomei. She's fatally well, injured. Unnecessary, too. It kind of just felt out of place. <sighs> well, you know, you know, uh, I, I found like, most actually, interesting. Uh, 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 oh, I have so many comments on this. Okay. Yeah. You, you yes. go first, General, and then I'll back okay. it up. The thing that I found. Well, maybe I'll back it up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I found most interesting about that is. They had Aunt May pretty much play the Uncle Ben role mm-hmm. in that. Exactly. That's what I was gonna that say. Line. Yeah, and um, she said that line. I so, wonder. I wonder if that implies that Uncle Ben. Are you gonna say never... my thing? Okay, go <laughs> ahead, Sabrina. Go ahead and say it. The We're probably race, thinking right? the same thing. Well, she's gonna say it anyway. Because so. I wanted to rant on this before, and if you're gonna say my thing, then and then I'm gonna have to go first. I'm sorry, General. I love you. Go, but go ahead. Just... Go ahead, Sabrina. Okay. This is the multiverse when we're bringing together all the universes. In one universe of Spider-Man, there was no Uncle Ben. So he never got the, with great power comes great responsibility speech. There you go. If you notice and watch the other two Spider-Men, he never gets that speech either. But (laughs) May ends up giving it to him. And in that one universe of Spider-Man, um, Aunt May is the one who dies and gives him the with great power comes great responsibility speech. And I'm assuming because they brought the two Spider-Men from other universes and we saw right. both of their Uncle Men, Ben's die. Um, this was the universe where Uncle Ben didn't exist. Plus, they never introduced an Uncle Ben with um, when they introduced Aunt May. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. So, with that said, now it kind of makes sense. Paul, do you kind of see it that way? 
After hearing I guess, that. but I mean, it just, I don't know. It's, it's just, sad to so, see her go. She's like the hot Aunt I mean, May. How there's we, never, yeah, but the there's never been a hot Aunt May before, died you know? earlier. You know what I mean? Because we just yeah. don't know what happened to Uncle Ben. But yeah, I guess, I guess that he started uh, there. I think he was still young, and he, because Tony Stark was like kind of his mentor, he kind of had everything handed to him. And that's, I think that's almost what the point of this movie was that he was very reckless in the mm-hmm. beginning. He didn't really understand. Like he, before he even tried to call MIT, he went to go to Dr. Strange to change yep. the entire universe. Right. And so he really didn't understand having the responsibility that he had with his power. And I think that that's kind of where the, what the whole movie or uh-huh. what the beginning of his premise was with, with and then well, he finally got that and realized being, oh. like with, without the technology because Tony Stark never knew him. Exactly. Right. So I like that it went back to the basics. Sorry, go ahead, General. I didn't mean to interrupt, but if that's what you were <laughs> gonna say. Well, a little bit, because it, it makes you wonder why he would become because why he'd become a superhero in the first place. Because it was so fundamental to Spider-Man's story that um he starts out he just wants to he, he just wants to be a star he wants to uh you know he, he becomes a wrestler and he like um and all that like he wants to make money and it was uncle ben dying and him like not um stopping the burglar that made him realize how much responsibility he had so i, I guess in the but end, he never had that happen yeah. in this mm-hmm. series so so, so why would he why would he become a superhero then? You'd figure he'd just become like a YouTube star or something like that. Right. And um <laughs> but he still became a hero. And uh I mean I, maybe it's just implying he's just like a naturally good person, which is I funny. think t- I feel like that version of Spider-Man like he truly like cares and like wants to kind of yep. like help everyone. Okay. Now let's talk about. Yeah, um, unfortunately, Tamei is um, 57 years old. I mean, she looks. Like, she looks amazing. Yeah, great. Oh, 57. Marissa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! So of course, of course, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, because again, I'm real confused with all these Spider-Man, has to avenge May's death. So at the end of the Statue of Liberty battle, um, he picks up the glider, Goblin's glider, on the very sharp end, and is about to impale him. But who stops him? The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. What do you guys think of that? Do you, do you, do you feel that that's kind of uh, eh, kind of like uh, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of almost uh, a call to the first Spider-Man movie. Right. Yeah. Right? I like yeah. it. And that's actually that's actually Tobey's redeeming moment too. Mm-hmm. Would you just call like, it a redeeming moment? Okay. Yeah, because one of the fundamental themes about this movie is. They could have, like, uh, he could have taken the easy way out in the beginning and just had Doctor Strange banish them back to their home dimensions where they right. would uh, they would all or die. Die. And But he was like, no, we have to save them. Even though they're villains, they're going to try to kill him. He says, no, we have to save them. And Toby doing they that... They were kind of, like, semi-good. I mean, like, Doc Ock and I think Sandman were kind of good. All the guys are all just... Yeah, that's true. That is that 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 is very true. The um, but the I mean, that's why, like, you know, Toby, uh, you know, the Green Goblin dies in the first Spider-Man movie. Oh, don't ruin it. (laughs) Oh, man. I know. I know. Well, we're spoiling this Spider-Man movie. We're spoiling spoiling a 20 year old movie. Yes. And like a um, 
But like Toby and and I would imagine a lot of that is based and Toby probably feels some oh Toby uh, he feels some guilt about that. Sure. And, and so mm-hmm. that's why he was uh, he was the one who you know who had to be the one to stop him the same way Andrew Garfield had to be the one to save MJ. Ah. Uh. Okay. I like that. Okay. Well, let's talk about a big, big, big cameo, which none of us saw coming. And that's right. It's Daredevil. Yeah. Now in the MCU, uh, he's blind lawyer, Matt Murdock, um, who's based in New York. So it's kind of perfect that. that A few weeks back now with the Fisk being. uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. We thought Fisk might be uh, the Fisk from. uh... Uh, Netflix universe. I don't know. Well, they're slowly starting to bring people back. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Well, Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. Uh, we we mentioned who finally made his appearance in Hawkeye, uh, episode five, and now and now we have Charlie Cox reprising his title role. And I love how the brick got thrown through the window, and Daredevil caught the brick. And, <laughs> and then Spidey, uh, Peter Parker asks, "How did you how did you do that?" He says, "I'm just a really good lawyer." <laughs> that was funny, 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 funny. Um, so yes, so yes, at the end of the movie, all the alternate Spider-Mans and alternate villains go back to their respective universes. Um, but I don't think that's the end of the multiverse, as you know, Doctor Strange. There were there was something strange at the after the credits. I mean, do you want to get that, into that now? That's wanna... what, that's where I'm going, buddy. That's where I'm going. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about I guess the end credit scene um, with Doctor Strange. So we pretty much got a trailer mm-hmm. for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and we saw Wanda Maximoff, Elizabeth Olsen. And we also saw new heroine America Chavez, uh, played by Zocachil Gomez. Um, also, we saw Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, who plays Baron Mordo, um, who has a warning for Strange. I hope you understand the greatest threat to our universe is you. And then we also see another variant of Doctor Strange. If you saw What If you'll you would recognize them ah and i think for for those of us that haven't seen one if what can you tell us about this other doctor strange okay so there's an episode of what if in which um pretty much what doctor strange does is he uses the magic that he's learned he uses everything he's learned from like the ancient one and he's fixated on saving um i don't remember the his girlfriend yeah, Rachel McAdams' character in the movie. I don't yes. remember her name. But <laughs> the um because uh, she dies. And so he uses magic, but every time she dies in a different way. She like he uses the magic and it and like uh and then it like slowly corrupts him again and again. Kind of like Groundhog Day. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Kind of. And um, so, like, it, it, it's corrupting him more and more. And he thinks that he needs more magic and more, like, and he starts, like, looking into much, much darker magic. And that kind of magic you need to, uh, you need to start, like, um, sucking life energy to be able to have the power to uh, to do it. And so you see him getting darker and darker and more evil 
as it goes on until eventually he's um you know he's he becomes this like you know completely irredeemable villain in that that story and um I mean, there's later, there's more stuff that goes on in the What If show that kind of like revisits that. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. But um, the, uh, but I think, I mean, like they, the way they made him look, he looked exactly like he did in that What If episode, which makes me wonder if uh, that's. Wow. What is this What If playing on? It's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. It's an animated show, Sabrina. And, cool, uh, I'm about um, to watch it. Pretty much fantasy storylines for your favorite Mar- Marvel characters. But everything's really fantasy, isn't it? Um, the other post credit scene, guys, was an appearance by none other than Tom Hardy, uh, which pretty much takes place right after pretty much takes place right after Venom, Let There Be Carnage, because he's on that tropical um, you know, paradise island or whatever. He's at that tropical bar, which now we find out is Mexico. Um, because he's got yeah. They had they had Danny Rojas be the uh, be the bartender from Ted. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. But uh, yeah, he's having a conversation with the bartender. But all of a sudden, we see that mystical, uh, magical light from the multiverse. I guess. And the question is, did Venom go into the MCU, or did he leave the MCU and go back to the Venom universe? But see, here's the thing: how would would it be that Venom? Because that Venom never knew it was Peter Parker. Right. And for Grace Venom knew it was Peter Parker, but not that Venom. Well, he didn't they, even know Spider-Man existed. Well, they they implied that the symbiote knew something that he wasn't admitting because at the in the post-credits scene for um the the Venom uh, Venom Two, um, you know the uh, when they when they showed where the um where the thing goes off, where like I guess it was yeah, Doctor Jonah Jameson. He yeah. did. He did see Peter. No, you're right. He did. He see did on Peter the TV screen. On the TV yeah. screen. So oh, he okay. actually qualifies I didn't even as think about someone. That. He's. You're right. He, he is someone that would qualify with seeing Peter on the screen mm-hmm. to uh, get zapped into the MCU and only now to get go back. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now that makes a sense. A bit of this. The um symbiote dropped. Yeah. The, the right. goo. The black now. goo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Anybody now could be a Venom in the mm-hmm. in the MCU. And that, 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 that little drop of symbiote, I'm bet, I am bet you at some point in a future movie, it's a bond with Peter Parker. Well, there's one disappointing thing about Tom Hardy. It, it could, yeah, it could be. But the thing I'm disappointed is that Tom Hardy, how is he going to interact with Tom Holland now? Maybe that's the, that's the thing. Like, uh, a lot of people, like, I was reading, like... Uh, there's been uh, a lot of people are wondering, like, especially since there were like lots of hints of, about Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield might become the Spider-Man of the Sony-verse and like would appear in like future Venom movies and Craven. What? And That'd be cool if they do that. That would be weird. What? Yeah. I really think that the, the, the Sony-verse should just merge with MCU personally because they have Tom. But I mean, that that's... Mm-hmm. That's a discussion for another time. But overall, guys, phenomenal, phenomenal film, guys. I mean, the villains I mean, were. The, it's great to see all the villains again. Like, oh, the villains are great. Um, oh like, God, yeah, I love the moment with um, Otto and Octopus. What what moment, Allie? When um, Toby got to see um, 
Otto and like kind of um as like himself again and yeah and Allie let's not talk let's talk about one of our favorite uh moments in the film was <gasps> Ned's uh that was grandmother and of Lola. course that's known as a Lola which is the grandmother in uh in in the Philippine in the Filipino culture um and it was great to see uh Ned's character interacting with his Lola and uh yeah now, now Ned is a uh, Filipino uh, it, within the uh, MCU Spider Verse, so that was really cool to see that uh, scene as well. So it was cool. That, it's like oh, she's speaking Tagalog. I know, right? Wasn't that, that great? That was really cool. If only I could understand. Like I was like, I know all these words. Yes. I've heard all of these words, <laughs> but I don't know the any of the meanings because I've I've heard it my whole life. Oh yeah. See, I don't but, know any of those words. Nobody ever taught me. Anything. You know, and and that's interesting. They didn't do subtitles for that. I was surprised. I did look, um, but yeah, I looked up. You looked like, it up. She said, "Yeah." So I was like, yeah. "I know all the." I was like, "I've heard," and like yeah. one of the ones where she's like, "The house needs to be in order." I was like, "No wonder that line sounds so familiar." Because so I was we've like, heard "I our, really we've heard our parents, parents. Our parents have said that how before." Often, yeah. How often yeah. is Tagalog spoken in the Philippines? Like, is it like pretty much every day, or is it's, it more like it's a, the primary language? With yeah. actually, believe it or not, English being English a secondary enough. language. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, when I went to the Philippines, like everyone there, it was really cool. I could communicate with everyone because everyone could speak um, fluent English and Tagalog. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times we'll speak Taglish and kind of combine yep. the two exactly. a lot. Two, um, yeah. Oh, it was uh, funny. I saw um, it was like this like interview with Tom Holland, Jacob Batalon, and Zendaya. And they're at like um, taking the thing where they read like the most searched things. And it said Jacob Batalon, um, Tagalog, and Tom Holland is like Tagalog. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom Holland. Um, well, let's Ned, uh, did you hear the rumor that he might be the new villain? I think he's going to be Hobgoblin. Yeah. That's that's what the rumor is because I mean I think Ned in the comics is Hobgoblin. Well, so, uh, yeah. General, yeah, There's you you're the king of comic book pop culture, so please. Well. Uh, Harry's the hobgoblin, and like, uh, what? Well, go, go, go ahead, General Zod. Okay. I don't know about Ned being the the hobgoblin. Want to know what actually happened in Marvel Comics? Like, yes, please. Um, go ahead. Okay, so the hob when the hobgoblin showed up, it it was like this big mystery for a long time who he was because Norman Osborn was dead. And somebody uh, somebody gave all these, um, you know, there were all these like clues. It was like a big mystery in the comics. Like they would drop clues all the time. People would write in like, you know, their theories about it. And uh, when he was finally unmasked, when Spider-Man finally beat him and they unmasked him, it was a huge shock because the first time that he was unmasked, it was Flash Thompson (laughs) under the mask. Oh wow! And then it turned out that Flash Thompson was actually like—I uh, mean, it he was just playing a joke, right? Yeah. Well, no, he was like brainwashed by the actual Hobgoblin. And then, so the Ned Leeds, Ned Leeds was a uh, was a reporter at the Daily Bugle that worked with Peter for a long time. They became like really good friends, and. <clears throat> 
this is like this is around the time like in the 90s where I think Marvel was getting a little like they were they were going through bankruptcy and stuff like that. So they were, you know, there was they, they did a lot of like crazy ass stunts. So they implied so there was a there was this famous uh there was this famous famous for comic book fans at least story called Spider-Man versus Wolverine where it takes place in um in Berlin and uh Peter and Ned are there on assignment from the Daily Bugle. And Ned is murdered. And they assume oh, it's because of like the villain in that story. And then they uh and that that's what it was for years. But then they do a big retcon at uh what they call retroactive continuity, yep. where they like correct right. a, uh an earlier story. And it turned out that Ned was the hobgoblin for a very, very short time. But what he did is he actually bought the all of the hobgoblin equipment from another person who's the quote unquote real hobgoblin and then got murdered by another guy who wanted to be the hobgoblin. And so like the the other guy was this guy, Jason Mackendale, and he like disappeared shortly after. But um the actual hobgoblin is a character that they've never ever introduced in any of the movies named Roderick Kingsley. (laughs) It's <laughs> like, um, but like, but they could make this Ned. But they've also the had Harry like, as a hobgoblin too, and and in the, and the, in the, the ultimate, ultimate in the ultimate comics, Harry was the hobgoblin. Not and, in the and, ultimate. Not in the ultimate ones. Well, in the in the regular Marvel comics, Harry becomes the Green Goblin for a while, while Norman. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, but he was like actually Ned. like for a while almost like heroic. He was almost like a hero as the Green Goblin. What about Ned being able to use the portals, the the Doctor Strange's portals? That does does that mean he has some kind of magical ability? Or I was wondering that. That's yeah, He also he also the the cloak comes to him too mm-hmm. at one point. I in... noticed that. Oh boy! So, I also wow. feel like he's gonna be. The Hobgoblin too, just like the hinting of like when he went over to um Tom Holland Spider Man and was like, and I promise I'm not. Him. Yes, um that part, and then this Ned now doesn't even remember that he, Peter Parker even exists. No, right. Yeah, yeah but they, no the one thing, boys, right? One there thing that, right. that would be a Good little point. tough is they haven't even like hinted it to any sort of like sinister side to him. Like, you know, he's always been like this like super nice, like enthusiastic guy. Like I think he would be like brainwashed or I like I don't think Spider Man's a bad some people think Spider Man's a bad guy. He might think Spider Man's a bad guy now too because he wasn't friends with him. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're gonna I think they're kind of playing up the goofiness of him if they are planning on taking that character there. That way it the more the way he falls is more traumatic. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can All see right. that. Interesting. Wow, this is great discussion, guys. But Spider Man No Way Home, the number one movie, no surprise there. Five hundred and eighty seven point two million over the weekend. Um no surprise, and that's a globally. But uh, I wonder if they'll they'll eventually call the Omicron variant the Spider-Man variant. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't affect the box office at all. Um, <laughs> well, like like uh, those, a lot of those theaters were probably super spreader events. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I hate to think of that, guys. But 253 million uh, domestically over the weekend. So. 
Um, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and of course, um, yeah, I mean, um, your typical uh, your number one movie is Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, Encanto, the runner-up spot, Disney's Encanto, which I have not seen yet. Um, but yeah, that's written by Lynn Manuel Miranda. West Side Story drops to number three. Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, fourth place. I think it's underrated. Um, which is another great movie, a very good fan-servicing movie. Yeah. Very fan-servicing, guys. Mm-hmm. But it really shows you, like, you know, how good that movie was. Came nowhere close to what Spider-Man did in one weekend. So, like, people are trained to love Marvel, you know. People and, are and trained, yeah. Well, that's not, what about the Eternals? The Eternals sucked. It sucked, but it still made a lot of money. Um, still made a lot of money. But, I but luckily, seen that yet. luckily, people are coming yeah, out to this movie because they know it's it's good and it's like actually not just shoved down their, okay. their throat. Like ninety-five percent Rotten Tomatoes, both critics and uh, audiences. Yes. So uh, no no surprise there. And of course, the top five movie. Uh, well, the, the fifth movie was Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley uh, with Bradley Cooper. Um, that looks really good. I want to see movie. that. That looks wanna, good, doesn't it? Yeah, that does. That does look really good. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, almost, got, I almost, obviously, I almost forgot it existed because of Spider-Man. But I know, right? <laughs> the, the trailer for that made it look really. It good. looks really good. I mean, you got your favorite, Kate Blanchett, and yeah, the, the beautiful Rooney Morrow's in it. Tony Collette's mm-hmm. in it. Um. Yeah, dark psychological thriller. Um, I mean, I bet you the Matrix regrets coming out um, this weekend now, coming up. Well, I don't know if it necessarily regrets it, but yes, you're right. They are coming out. uh, That's the next um, big, big movie coming out this weekend. And apparently some of the reviews are mixed as opposed to Spider-Man. Matrix uh, reviews range from terrific to bogged down in exposition. Well, that sounds like the original Matrix too. The yeah, first was that's really like good. The that's other like kind of went downhill. That's like Matrix yeah. two and three bogged down with exposition. Exposition. Yeah. It's called Resurrection, so that kind of makes sense in in that one. But um, yeah, just like the previous two, that's what uh, one critic said. Um, but more fun than I remember the sequels ever being. So better than Matrix two and three. Um, but still bogged down. Next yeah, but but like on Spider-Man last weekend, like it's, I think it's just about every showing was sold out. I had to see it um, last night on a Monday, so I think a lot of people are still going to see it this weekend and, and not go see the Matrix. You're not going to see it on HBO Max, isn't it? Coming out on HBO it's Max. It's too? coming. That one's coming out on HBO Max. No, yeah. that's not a movie I have to see on TV. Oh, okay. I want to see yeah. it in the theaters. Yeah, that that the Matrix is one of those type of movies. But um, one of the trailers we got to see while watching Spider Man was the new Batman trailer. Wow, um, that looks really good. What did you think, guys? Um, General, I know you had um, you didn't like the floppy hair of, uh, <laughs> of Rob Pattinson, but uh, it just doesn't look oh, right. No, that no, does no, not no, look no. like Bruce Wayne to me with the floppy hair. It just right. I wasn't about it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did see a glimpse of the Riddler. Which is another um, one of Batman's rogues gallery, and um, yeah, close-up shot of the Riddler's notice board, which is complete with news clippings of Bruce Wayne, and seems to suggest that the Riddler already knows who is underneath Batman's cowl, um, because uh, based on yeah that board, you had photos of Bruce Wayne. Um, there are also recent rumors that Barry Keegan may well appear. In Batman as the Joker, 
Um, I don't know. I I don't think they should put Joker in this first film. I mean, we're st- we still have Walking yeah. Phoenix fresh in our mind. That's yeah. the thing about DC, Chachi. You said we, it we don't need another Suicide Squad Joker. Well, I just yeah, yeah, I just I think there's too many universes in DCEU, and it's hard to keep track of things. Um, whereas MCU, you know what you're getting into. You know, there's things in, that are in continuity. Well, yeah, well, when they, they're, they're they're just uh, because like there's going to be Michael Keaton playing an older Batman in mm-hmm. the Flash movie. Right. I, I I highly doubt. I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck's not coming back. Uh, and, he doesn't want to get in shape anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, now when they do Flashpoint, it's going to seem like they're copying off of Marvel. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, it is, it is but that that storyline is all about the multiverse, though. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, most fans based... aren't like general, and know that it's been around forever. Yeah, well, not forever. Flashpoint's a fairly recent storyline, right? Is it? Well, like, it, it's from like five years ago. Right. It's, it's, oh, that right. reason. Okay, I thought it was old. Yeah. Ago. Oh, it's not an old school storyline now. No. Um. So new trailers just dropped. One called "The Lost City" with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Um, uh, there, uh, and Daniel Radcliffe plays the villain in this one. Um, Dude, he's been the villain in a lot of stuff recently. Did you notice that? Yeah, I guess so. You're right. You know, he was uh, the 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 wizard the extraordinaire in Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, but the trailer looks really good. You know, of course, you also have Brad Pitt in it as well, which they say is the first time that Brad Pitt has worked with Sandra Bullock. Both of them have been in the industry for a long, long time. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, they haven't worked together until until this movie. Um, and then, Sabrina, I know you're a big Army Hammer fan, but they went ahead and decided mm-hmm. to release, despite his uh, Me Too indiscretions and pretty much getting canceled, mm-hmm. um, Death on the Nile is a big uh, movie directed by Kenneth Branagh. And um, it's an amazing cast with... Not only Kenneth Branagh himself, but uh, Gal Gadot, Tom Bateman, and Letitia Wright, Shuri. Um, the trailer looks pretty awesome, I gotta admit. Um, it's an adaptation of Agatha Christie's classic novel, Death on the Nile. I don't know if any weird. Was it a sequel to Orient Express? No, I don't believe this is a. Uh, is is it? Photo the same, uh, same uh, character. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, it is it? Is it? Is it Poirot? I don't. I actually it's don't know. Poirot. Yeah, I remember that that that. Orin I think Brandon was like the main character, and I think Brandon's the main character in this one. So I'm pretty sure it's a sequel to either a sequel or something in the same universe. Oh yeah, oh. you're right. You're right. It is. A, it's an. It's a continuation of. It's a, a, an adventure of Hercule Poirot. So yeah, you're right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yes. 2017's Murder on the Orient Express was also directed and starred Branagh. Very good. Glad you brought that one up um also um yeah alexander skarsgård's uh film called the northman also stars ethan hawk nicole kidman and the lovely anya taylor joy um a really awesome really awesome looking fantasy movie guys this trailer is pretty dope um um it's a vengeance seeking viking uh, which which has a lot of Game of Thrones notes within the trailer. Kind of feels like I'm watching something from Game of Thrones, but uh, I thought the trailer looked fantastic. So, uh, um, has anyone got a chance to check out the Northman trailer? I haven't seen it yet. It I mean, is, is it like the TV show Vikings, maybe? I don't think it's uh, affiliated with the TV show, no. 
Okay. But um, yeah, no, it's basically the Viking character plays played by Alexander Skarsgård witnesses the murder of his father, who's played by Ethan Hawke. Wait a minute, Ethan Hawke is not that much older than Alexander Skarsgård. What the heck? Oh, sure. Yeah, he is. He's really? looking mad old. Ethan Hawke's in his 50s, and Skarsgård is in his 40s. They're probably yeah, but also at least in the 60s. I mean, I'm sure of it. No, Ethan Hawke is not I in his 60s. I work with him. He, he looks a lot older than you think. He, he looks is. older, but he's not actually in his 60s. I'm pretty sure he's in his 60s, because when did outside Somebody fact-check Ethan Hawke's age. I don't. I doubt he's in his 60s. How old oh is Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise is in his 60s. I don't know I, about that I, one. Let's look I mean, up Ethan, Ethan Hawke's. He's um, born 1970. Yeah, see? So he 51. just turned, he's, he's like 51, yeah. He just turned yeah. 50, yeah. He just turned 51. So, no, he can't play Alexander Skarsgård's dad. That, that's ridiculous. Um, but nonetheless. They're, only, they're six years apart. Yeah. Boy, that's, that, 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 that's young. Okay, thank you. That, that doesn't work, right? Can, can people agree? Uh, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the mother is Nicole Kidman. So I just, yeah, this is just even more ridiculous. Um, but now... If they're the parents of Anna Taylor-Joy, you know, okay, then that makes a little more sense. But I don't know. Um, just, just stunning. I love Anna Taylor-Joy. Um, all right. Um, speaking of Ethan Hawke, he's got his horror film, A Blumhouse. It's going to be dropping on uh, in summer of 2022. It's called The Black Phone. Um, follows a 13-year-old boy named Finney who is kidnapped by a killer and taken to a soundproof basement. Where no one can hear his screams. Oh wow! I think um, I think General's basement. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my God! And that's all I have on movies. But uh, let's throw up a few things in the world of television. Wait, that movie is he is it going to have Liam Neeson come and save him? Because I mean that kind of seems like a Liam Neeson type movie. Liam that that seems like a Liam v, a Liam Neeson type of film. Rescue people who are taken. <laughs> yeah, who ta- taken, right? Of course, right. <laughs> um, we saw a new uh, trailer for the Book of Boba Fett, which drops uh, December twenty ninth, uh, which is great because Hawkeye's um, finale is this Wednesday, and then we start the Book of Boba Fett. So Disney Plus is gonna lock their subscribers in, right? <laughs> Got the Marvel series of Hawkeye. Uh, which we obviously won't be able to talk about because we're um, that's tomorrow. Uh, but we uh, got to see this new uh, Boba Fett trailer and saw a legendary actress Jennifer Beals playing a Twi'lek. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but um, she was, uh, of course, uh, had to keep her role a secret until the trailer dropped. But basically, she couldn't even tell anyone, even her family. Actually, she did tell her family. Anyone outside her family, she couldn't tell. Um, but, um, apparently her Twi'lek character, which are the aliens with the long, like, yeah. tentacles, yeah, you know? Yep, yeah. yep, yep, she will, uh, they'll be, uh, they will have a pivotal role in this season of the Mandalorian, sorry, not Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and, well, you can actually call it Mandalorian 2.5, because there will be crossovers with some of the characters from the Mandalorian universe. Is she going to be a Jedi? Aren't all the Twi'leks Jedi? Not all of them. As no. you know, Bib, Bib Fortuna was not. Oh, was, that's right. Or the dancer. A, or the dancer. Yeah, or the dancer okay. Twi'leks. So, 
I think they're just just like humans. Um, only some with that are force sensitive can become Jedi. Well, it seems like there's like four or five different Twi'lek Jedi. <laughs> so it yes. seems like there's. Ayla uh, Sakura in the prequels movies. She was like that sexy blue yeah. Twi'lek that was a Jedi. Well, isn't, uh, I forgot the character's name, but um, Rosaria Dawson's character in the... Ahsoka Tano? Uh, yeah, Ahsoka Tano's one. Yeah, she's a Twi'lek, isn't she? Um, She's a different, no, she's got, she's a different um, race, actually. Oh, she's got that, that... Wow, um, wow, wow, wow. Well, alien race. <laughs> it's okay to say alien race, right? Okay, okay. I don't think that's politically incorrect, right? <laughs> um, let's talk a couple more things, and then we have actually a special musical performance before we take a classic cut break. Um, over on Netflix, anyone a Witcher fan? Season two of Netflix Witcher just dropped. Um, haven't again. Have that's another show on my list gotta watch it but not only did we get to see a new uh season two of the witcher but we saw um a witcher um spinoff series witcher blood origin so the teaser trailer just dropped for that which is a prequel and that stars michelle yo so we got to check that one out on uh uh right yeah as soon as uh uh season two dropped and uh if you're a fan of the Netflix comedy series Julian the Phantoms, I have some bad news that Netflix has pulled the plug on that show. So, what is bad news? Yeah, were you a fan of Julian the Phantoms? No, I never saw it. Okay, I don't know if anyone saw it. That's probably, I, why, I, I, that's probably why I got canceled. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> well, um, you know what? Yeah, before we go into HBO stuff, let's go ahead and um, I believe we do have a musical performance um that uh. We're going to have the pleasure of listening to uh, BTB's own Sabrina Taylor-Smith. Yes. I was going to do a Christmas song in spirit of Koki. Um, also, because we usually do one every year. Um, so <laughs> this one is called Bong Rips in My Room. <laughs> Before you begin, is it a parody of any Christmas song we know? No, I don't okay. think so. It's an original song. It's an original. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. I've got my bong all packed with all the scrooby snacks. I paid a big fat sack so you and me can all get jacked. It's Christmas time, so I say bong rip time. I've got bong rips in my room, Girl Scout cookies for me and you and you. And this part's a two-parter. I say bong rips in my room, bong rips in my room. Bong rips in my room. Bong rips in my room. It's awful cold outside. So let's all go for a ride. Let's take the bong rip train and keep ourselves warm from the rain. My bad, I forgot how that part went. <laughs> 
So it's Christmas. Mm, my bad. I missed a, uh, it's a scroll kind of thing, but you get the idea. <laughs> There's bong rips in my great. room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. That was great. An original song, Sabrina. That's very impressive. You are quite the songwriter. I mean, I, I think I can. I mean, Pretty Boy Party Boy is a good hit, but uh, it was it was good. So uh, I guess this is the time that we're going to take a uh, Chachi's uh, Christmas classic cut break, right, Chachi? Oh yeah. So here we go with Chachi's classic Christmas cut. Oh, oh, oh. It is time for Chachi's Classic Christmas Cuts. Put these chestnuts in your mouth. Chachi. Chachi. Sabrina? It's sounds like inside of me i'm sorry anyone who hears anything different i literally don't know what you're hearing <laughs> chachi inside of you um there you go <laughs> that's right it's chachi in charge once again for chachi's classic christmas cut we're in december i reached into um our cassette tapes that are covered with snow dust it off and pull out a old classic christmas cut and this one is no different this is from not too old 2005 but it's from a classic 80s artist this is a song by billy idol yes this is actually not on billy idol no not not billy eilish billy idol and this song is from his devil's playground album which came out in 2005 which was really his first um his first major album in over 10 years. And it's kind of weird because it's not a Christmas album, you know, and this is the only Christmas song on the album, which is kind of weird. And especially the year after this album came out, he had a whole entire album called Happy Holidays, which did not feature this song. So it's kind of weird to see like a Christmas song on a regular album all by itself. But I kind of like this song. It has a really old like 80s vibe to it, but it's kind of rocking. So this one is actually called Yelling at the Christmas tree. And this is by Vital Idol, Billy Idol. And uh, sadly, we have to say goodbye to at least one of our no. panelists. I know. I'm Sab sorry, guys. Sabrina I have Taylor's so much crap we have to do because I'm leaving to go out of town for Christmas this year. Yes. Are you? Okay. Oh, good. Well, say, hi to, good? say hi to Mama Dukes. I will. I'm glad what, you get to see Mama Dukes. What state are you heading to? Huh? I'm actually going to Florida, not Barbados. Florida, nice I'll be warm. seeing nice. my mom oh, I think, nice. late February. Woohoo! All right, you'll and be, um, you'll be coming to the Christmas party. Yes, I will be at the Christmas party oh, you will tomorrow. Be. Okay, good. Christmas good. party, yes. And Ali Dash, are you hanging out, or you got to go as well? I've got to go as well. Okay. I've right. been hanging out with all now. of you. Hanging out with, with all the guys. Yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. So All we're right, going to say goodbye Christmas. to Allie Dash and Sabrina Taylor-Smith. Thank you for um, being a part of our ultimate Christmas show, last show 2021. All right. Oh, wow. And um, Add BTB. And we'll be back oh, right after Merry the Christmas. cut.
Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Great seeing you guys. Right. Great seeing you too. Bye, uh, guys. Bye-bye. All the Christmas bells are ringing And the carolers are singing Mom, Daddy, he don't hear them He's yelling at the Christmas tree Santa's balls are jingling Mommy's hips are wiggling But Daddy, he don't hear them He's yelling, he's yelling at the Christmas tree All right, that was wow, Billy Idol. I love that cut, man. And that's a that's a recent track. So Billy Idol still writing great music and Christmas music for that point. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Very cool. All right, so a couple more Hollywood news before we bring on. Oh man, I'm excited about our. I was saying 2005, not too recent. Well, yeah. It sounds true. recent, but it's, it's still like yeah, 16 yeah, years ago. Very true. It's still 16 <laughs> yeah. years ago, right? It's recent for him. Yeah, 2005. That was a few years back. Wait, wait, yeah. Like 16 years ago. And we have an actress joining us a little later in the program from the number three movie on Netflix right now. It's a Christmas movie called A California Christmas. City Lights. She's also a YouTube sensation and a performance car builder. And huh? I know... Paul, Darth Walsh, you're a big car enthusiast, so I know you got yeah, a lot I mean, of I, I have the same car she has. I have a 240SX, and I do drifting also, so I mean... Oh, there you go. You got lots to talk about, so that's great. But let's uh, go ahead and continue the Hollywood uh, news. So, um, the Blue Beetle movie, I know that General Zod is excited about this one, <laughs> which will be oh, uh, directed by someone oh, named Angel. The Blue Beetle's been a character for a while. But this um, new, I thought the movie was supposed to happen like 20 years ago, to be honest with you. I don't know about that, but this new one... You might be thinking of the Green Hornet. No, no, that was a Blue Beetle movie because it was supposed to start a guy from Twilight, the other guy. The oh, other guy uh, Sin? Or, no, yeah, the other the, guy, the... Um, yeah, the... Taylor Lautner or yeah. Robert Pattinson? Uh, the guy who was a Wolfman. The, oh, that's Taylor Lautner, yeah. No, this is a new one. This is actually going to star... Cholo Maraduena. Chachi, I know you know who he is. The Irish guy? <laughs> He's the lead actor in Cobra Kai. Oh, cool. Yeah, Cholo. Yep. Um, he's going to be playing Blue Beetle. And actually, this movie apparently was going to go straight to HBO Max, but <clears throat> going to give it a theater run because of the popularity of Cobra Kai. I'm guessing. That's just a guess. But uh, they're going to give this one a theater run, General. It's Blue Beetle. So I'm I'm a little curious because Blue Beetle is not your most known character in the DCEU. Well, you, um, you can think of it this way. I can see one of the reasons why they would do that. I mean, yeah, Cobra Kai okay. is really popular. But, I mean, if a Cobra Kai movie came out, like if it, if it hadn't started as a streaming show, do you think that would have been as successful? No, not at all. Yeah, see, um, <clears throat> the... Um, but one of the things that I can think that uh, Blue Beetle does have that's kind of interesting is DC doesn't really have any of those like kind of uh, and I mean, especially if they're going with the Jamie Reyes version of Blue Beetle, which looks like they definitely are. Yes, the, definitely. The, Cholo, yeah. the uh, he, he's got kind of a, and we've been talking about Spider-Man all night, but he's got kind of that Spider-Man vibe where he's this like kind of nerdy teenager that discovers this power and then has to deal with it. 
And I guess they've kind of done that with Shazam too, but like um, that would, uh, you know, DC doesn't really have a lot of characters like that. Even like all their teen characters are like, like teen Titans and stuff. They're still like kind of portrayed as these like almost professional superheroes. And um, so, I mean, that could be where Blue Beetle could become something that has like a lot of appeal as long as a lot of people don't watch it and be like, oh, he's just like a Spider-Man clone. Yeah. Well, then again, I mean, if he's a Spider-Man clone, that Spider-Man made a lot of money. So, I mean, yeah, a quarter of that just still make a fortune. Mm-hmm. Well, how much is his abilities mostly gadget based or is it, or are there superpowers for the Blue Beetle? Well, they're like the, the Jamie Reyes character has this like alien scarab that like bonded with him. It's almost like a symbiote. Okay, so it does give him some abilities. Yeah, yeah. He's actually super powerful. The The original Blue Beetle was, uh, well, actually the Wasn't second. Wasn't he like a Batman with just a... Yeah, he was just like a, a just a, he was like a tech genius guy. Right. That's the Blue Beetle I remember from the comics. Yeah. Yep. He, Very he's cool. actually absolutely one of my favorite characters in all of comic books. Okay. But, but he's like, but the whole reason for I that... I actually remember is, his alter ego. Was it Ted Cord? Ted Cord, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know this one, right? Isn't that crazy? Um, let's see. Um, oh, wow. We already have our special guest joining us a little early. Why not? Hey, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It was not a big deal. Whatever, right? I was not expecting a party to be here right now. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and then put uh, that on hold and welcome uh, our amazing guest for tonight here on our Christmas show, guys. She is a YouTube sensation. She is a performance car builder. Sorry, the uh, the bourbon's already working. Driver, uh, <laughs> she's also an actress that can be seen in a California Christmas city lights. As we got the city lights here. Back up. Um, uh, last I checked was a number three film on Netflix, which is a huge. Wow. Show. I yeah. know, right? Amelia <laughs> Hartford joining us here on BTB. Wow, what an amazing intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. The number three movie on Netflix. How does that feel? I mean, that that's, that's huge. It's it's nuts. It really is. And it couldn't have been to a more deserving cast and crew. Like, everyone was so... It was such a joy. I consider, like, the SX Entertainment a group my family at this point. Just because of how awesome it was. It was so great to shoot. It was so exciting to see how the final production came out. And honestly, it's just such like a sweet, feel-good movie at like such a great time. It's it I'm so happy for everyone just to see where it is today. I need to double check. I think it was up at number two earlier, but it's it's awesome. Hey, what, it's did it shoot up at number awesome. two? Whoa. It's okay. in around. I think it was number three worldwide. I'm gonna oh, look right wow, now. that that's a distinction. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and um yeah, what what's great about this, it's um it's produced and written and starring Lauren Swickard and if I hope yes. I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, Swickard, and her yeah. husband Josh Swickard, um or Swickard. Um and uh, I think that's amazing that it's a husband and wife producing team that are starring in it, and of course Lauren wrote it and she wrote it while she was pregnant with her baby. Whoa. No way produced it uh, pre-production while pregnant, and then three months postpartum was leading in it. Wow. Wow, postpartum what, just goes right into it. What She is an inspiration. She is honestly, I hope to one day, you know, be half of what she is today. 
Awesome. And you 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 had a scene with uh, both of them and um your uh, on-screen boyfriend uh <laughs> loved your scene by the way. That's actually one of my my um my most favorite scenes in in the movie because it was really funny. Uh, it really you. made me laugh. Um how did you enjoy shooting uh that particular scene that you were featured at? Nice gala party scene. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little biased too. It's probably one of my favorites as well. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's great. It's always weird for me, you know, like to do a scene with with a guy where you got to sit on his lap and be affectionate. But uh, you know, like star Daniel Buco was like super cool, Santa super Claus. very comfortable. Sorry. So just pretend it's Santa Claus. You gotta, you gotta be on a guy's lap. <laughs> Tell him it's what I want for Christmas. Show. I mean, in right. Lindsay's eyes, that's kind of what she was doing, right? She's at the social <laughs> party, you know, telling daddy she wants a Birkin bag this year. So <laughs> Right. That's exactly what it is. And uh I think it's 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 awesome. I could see actually your character of Lindsay and your boyfriend's character, Kirk, in yeah. a spin-off. I would love that. <laughs> I think it's funny because he could go around and just causing embarrassment with all his friends because in his scene. He actually was kind of putting his buddy um, um, Joseph on blast, paid by Josh, and saying that he was known as the Gump or the Gumpster because he's the guy that runs through all the ladies. Um, yeah. Called him like the Energizer Bunny and right in front of his fiance. <laughs> yeah. So if you're basically calling the dude a play, you're calling the dude a player in front of his fiance. I mean, that's just. That's crazy. It's <laughs> just like the most inappropriate thing to say. Right through I, all the women, you know? Yeah, I think it'd be funny to see them all on the farm together and <laughs> trying to to endure that that type of lifestyle, high heels going through the dirt and the grass, you know. Right. <laughs> and I know God, a lot of guys like Kirk. It's it's pretty interesting. And he actually um incorrectly you know, says your name as as Leslie at first, and then realizes he, he made a mistake. And your name's actually Lindsay, and um, <laughs> but then you actually accidentally called Callie by the wrong name too. So, <laughs> so you guys kind of yeah, like imagine the whole thing. I'd expect nothing less from those characters. Each to not know one another's name, and then the people they're with. <laughs> That's. I mean, again, it sounded like a great uh, scene to shoot on a rooftop somewhere in San Francisco. I'm guessing yes. Yeah, it was on the rooftop of the Fairmont Hotel. Nice. It was the first time I ever been there, and it was beautiful. And it was also really cool because, like, you could hear the cars just like echoing through the city, oh, and you're great. at the top. It was, it was, it was really nice. That was awesome. So, how did you um, get involved with the film, and how did the casting process go? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, my manager put me in contact with Ali Afshar. Um, because our we both have a relationship with cars and come to find out that of course we have a lot of mutual friends in the industry and every industry is always smaller than what you uh. think it is. And I had auditioned for a few of his <clears throat> films in the past and this one in particular, um, you know, they really thought of me for it. And I was really happy to step in as Lindsay and, you know, bring that character to life. So you know, I'm I'm looking forward to more in the future. And I had a cameo in what, another film that We'll hopefully, fingers crossed, be releasing about midsummer, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to definitely look out for that one for sure. Wow. But again, yeah. I think I think that the Lindsay Kirk spinoff would be. Oh, would totally. Be, would be and I, awesome. I do want to I do want to say for any actors who are out there, just it sounds a lot easier to um, you know being connected through a manager and auditioning and and eventually right. get 
this role, but I will say I've been in LA 10 years doing endless auditions, doing everything I was told to wow. do in all the classes, cold email and like mailing headshots to casting directors, doing everything that like I was told the right thing to do. So it definitely hasn't been an easy process. I've been grinding for 10 years, but wow. you know, I was going to say it takes 10 years to be an overnight success and I'm no by no means an overnight success. <laughs> Uh, well, I have a question. Well, do you thing... do any stunt driving on any TV shows or anything like <laughs> that? Because, I mean, I do stunt driving and precision driving. And I also have a 240SX2, but mine's still stock. I'm rebuilding it right now. Oh, that's awesome. We brought a car enthusiast on, on our panel tonight. Oh, no. Uh, oh, that's right. Is it S13, 14, 15? Mine's a S13. Oh, I've that's cool. It, it used to be a competition car for car stereo. So, I mean, I'm switching over to more performance right now. That's rad. I love that chassis. And you can fit any motor in it. But keep, keep it stock. We have it stock, like... You know, enjoy the. I mean, I also have uh, some other ones I'm working on too. I was also going to work on um, I have a couple EXPs from Ford. Okay. I have them completely stripped down in a B11 that was a Datsun. It was like it was first Sentra. Oh, that's so cool! I've always wanted to get a 510 or you know like an old. Yeah, I just can't find that aren't rotted. Oh yeah, it's tough. It's it's really tough. Most of those frames are just rusted down. Yeah. But. Yeah. He's, he's speaking your language, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk cars all day. That is amazing. I just, but I, was I just learned a little bit watching your YouTube uh, channel, and uh, you got some great videos up there. 806,000 subscribers. Holy smokes. <laughs> and you did an amazing thing in your latest episode. You actually bought your mom a new Toyota RAV4 yeah. and a new Mac. Book as a MacBook Pro. I, well, I thought she was on to me. Um, and she had no idea, but I thought, you know, she's worked so hard. She went back to school to try to put a roof over, um, or to keep a roof over my brother and I's heads um, after my father passed. And, you know, she's just always been such a kind, giving person and on her salary, couldn't afford a new car and kept telling me how she needed a new MacBook Pro. So I surprised her with a MacBook Pro and <laughs> I was crying before I even surprised her with the computer because I knew what was coming for it. And inside an AirPod case, I put the key to the RAV4. Oh. And when she thought ah. she was getting AirPads, AirPods, she opened it up and saw the key. And it was, I, I'm just really thankful that I'm in a position that I could do something like that oh, for cool. her. That is amazing. I, I imagine with some co-sponsorship, cool we're getting good deals, I imagine. Uh, I, I paid that car outright. You know, Nice. I wow. My oh, issues. It was it was difficult to to get a car just in in the times today. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Daughter. My video sponsor was the viewers. I just thanked all of them for watching the episodes amazing. every day because without them tuning in, I wouldn't be where I am. That so is cool. amazing. Wow, who got that you, is so who amazing. Who got you into cars? Was it your father? Uh, no, my dad wasn't in the cars. Um, really? It's that's it, normally the number one question I get is yeah. you know is your dad or your boyfriend, but really it was none of that. I, I learned at a young age I was going to be on my own, and the first major decision I had to buy or I had to make was what car I was going to buy myself to get me around. And the internet told me that it couldn't be a four cylinder; it had to be bigger, and it had to be manual and rear wheel drive and and a stick. And I'd never driven a stick a day in my life, and wow. roasted the clutch going home. But you know, I just I fell in love with a sense of freedom, and then also wanting to perfect how to drive sticks. I was like, it was just the one thing that I could shift all my attention to in such a rough time, which. You know, I'm, I'm thankful it did because it pulled me out of dark times. I ended up meeting uh, a car crew in Indiana called B Crew, and they completely turned my life around. Oh, that's great. I think it's amazing because it's an industry typically dominated by by yep. men. Yeah. And here you are just standing out as as a 
not only a builder, but I did watch your episode of Fastest Car on Netflix, also a racer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> which I, I think was uh, pretty impressive. Although you didn't win the race, you still did amazing in it. Um, and the fact that you were, that was your first drag race. And yeah. You, and you know, you still I, like, held my up. My reaction time, I, I'm proud of. You know, I, I didn't have the horsepower numbers to get anyone in the top end, but you know, I had that little jump ahead of everyone else once, you know, we were good to go. And after that, it was just, I had no chance, but uh, off the line, I was quick. <laughs> wow. So do you, do you also keep up with the, with the racing as well as the performance car building or is it, did you start out as a, a builder first? Uh, it Building was, was number one. That's, okay. you know, that's, that's what kind of got me into cars and that's where I've been able to, um, you know, I guess, that I'm more known for building cars than I am racing cars. Racing, I more do because I enjoy it. And obviously, with the with the world record stuff and the quarter mile with the with the new chassis, mainly the C8 Corvette that I've had success with, um, I'm usually the one driving the car to set those times. It also helps that I'm 100 pound 100 pounds lighter than most of the guys. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's you get a lot of pushback from guys. Yeah, I'm a driver um, and I'm 300 pounds. That's like that's tough. <laughs> Yeah, I hear every every ten pounds is a horsepower, so. Oh. Or every hundred pounds is a tenth of a second. Chachi had a question. Yeah, so do you get a lot of pushback from guys um, being in this kind of um, male-dominated field? Uh, in the beginning, I definitely did, but as I've gone further in my career and deeper in this industry, I've been very welcome. And you know, I the the guys and the people and and some women too who have made names for themselves in, in this industry have been some of the most welcoming, some of the nicest. And I really only surround myself with, um, you know, people who want to see others succeed as, as much as themselves. So I, I really don't surround myself with any type of group that I wouldn't feel welcome in. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that I have a, you know, a good group of, of people and mentors and all that who are surrounding me. Do you have a, a lot of guys um, hitting on you, or, or they see you more kind of like as, as a sister at this point? Um, they definitely see me as a peer or a sister or something like that. I mean, my DMs are another story, but. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the most outrageous or odd DM you've received? <laughs> um, I don't know how much I can say about this one because I had to get a restraining order. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's coming that crazy, crazy. Deal. Yeah, there's there's been some interactions that have definitely made me feel unsafe. Um, so maybe I shouldn't go into too much detail about the one. Of course. But, you know, you guys can use your imagination. There, there's some pretty raunchy messages that that I'll come across. And honestly, anymore, I, I try not to open the DMs, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have 800,000 subscribers on your YouTube page. And um, how yeah, many follow, how many followers on Instagram currently? Ooh, I think I'm at 630K. 630K, yeah. wow. Holy smoke. <laughs> so you you know you're bound to get uh, a, few a few DMs, right? A few, Just a yeah. few. Yeah, Just a few. <laughs> Just a few. Right. Now, You'd you be surprised. A lot of the DMs, too, aside from obviously the gross ones, are, hey, my car's making this noise. Do you think you can diagnose it for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know when you say yes, and I charge 50 bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah, or like here, via text, try to describe the noise to me. It's like clickety-clackety. <laughs> I, I think we just Instead found your emojis. news. We found your next uh, 
your show. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take your uh, your followers, uh, you know, go step by step in fixing your followers' uh, <laughs> yeah. car issues. You know. Um, now, do you feel sometimes actors with that many followers um, kind of get picked to be in certain projects because a lot of a lot of producers love having the influencers with your kind of following as a part yeah. of the project you know i'm definitely not blind to that um, yeah so when i was uh i've been here about 10 years now in la and the first six years that i was here i was working in a restaurant you know restaurant job after you know dead-end restaurant job just trying to make a living to get by and part of why i started youtubing is because i saw other uh, servers, bartenders, and all that who were pursuing um, to be actors in LA lose roles and opportunities to people who had a higher following than them. So part of what, you know, um, aside from my mom telling me I should YouTube and just going, wanting to do something that I enjoy doing versus working in a restaurant, um, right. you know, there was definitely that aspect of it of, well, I could also build, if I'm going to spend time working, trying to make a dollar while I'm also pursuing this dream, I may as well spend that time working towards one, something I, I enjoy doing, and then two, something that's also going to help me build a following. Wow. That is impressive. For, uh, I guess, uh, influencers that are trying to get to your level, any advice you could offer um, a budding influencer to get um, followers? I, I'd say fi find your niche. It's not too late. A lot of people say, oh, well, YouTube's now oversaturated. I think at the end of the day, you know, people are going to tune into good content. I, I don't think it's too late. Find your niche. Find something that you're comfortable spending 100 hours a week on that you thoroughly enjoy and, and just get after it. And honestly, with YouTube, consistency is key. So try to, if you're going to do it, you just got to stick to it. Wow. That is amazing. Wow. Very, very, very cool. Um, so going back to acting. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so talk about, so I know that the YouTube show probably encompasses a lot of your time. Um, Tell us about the the hustle for for getting in, getting those auditions because you alluded to that earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and what is the biggest role that you might have auditioned for that you're dying to get that you didn't that you didn't book? Every actor has one, you know. I just I can't say I've even been in the position to audition for those incredible types of roles yet. Okay, I'm still I'm still working and 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 building my resume to get to that point. Um, I did uh, recently audition for a movie. I won't say what it was for because honestly, I don't know. Most of the projects that I'm auditioning for are untitled, so they don't necessarily have a name for them yet. Um, actually, no, I do have one. <laughs> um, I, I'm spacing on the name, but there was there's a Netflix sitcom that I auditioned for as the role of Claire, and to actually see it um, air, I'll find the name of it. Uh, oh. That, I think I know Actually, what you're talking something about something that I spent so long studying for a scene and then seeing this actress just crush it and do such a great job on Netflix. I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. That's so cool to see. I know what you mean, but part of you is like, God damn it. I've been in that position before. Yeah. I, but I'm, I'm like, listen, I'm a competitive person, but at the same time, I just want to see others do well and succeed. And like, I'm fully aware that, you know, it just wasn't the right time for me to get that. And when, when the time is right, it will happen. I have a question. Do you do any stunts at all, like stunt driving or anything? Because I do a lot of stunt and precision driving. I mean, that's always another avenue if you ever thought about that. A lot of people ask me. I have a lot of friends who, who are on the stunt uh, side of things as well. But it's just, yeah. it's not something that... I've ever been too keen on doing. I always say I'll I'll 
do stunt driving when I'm doing my own stunts. When when I'm when I'm That's leading cool. the next passenger. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's that CGI, which I don't know. I don't see what they need. They need a Dukes of Hazard, or they need another uh, Smoking the Bandit, because that's yes. real driving, not the CGI crap on Fast and Furious. Yeah. Well, the intro for Baby Driver, I thought was so cool. The Subaru and, and the drift sequence. Oh, that was good. Yeah. That was that was amazing. That was some beautiful driving. But yeah, wow. I can definitely appreciate it, but I I, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know that that's for me. Okay. Yeah. Would, would working on the Fast and Furious franchise would, would be one of those goals as as an enthusiast oh, for cars? Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love that series. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you ever check out Baby Driver? That was a good driving show. Ooh, Baby Driver is another good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, the 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 intro of that, yeah, was, yeah. was kick ass. I would I would do something like that. I'd I would love to do something like that. Yeah. That that's really awesome. Wow. Um. Well, let's let's talk about this awesome commercial you had. Um, this actually was a 2023 Chevy Corvette uh, for their Z6. Is that right? Z06. Z06. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, commercial and uh, that uh, actually aired during the World Series. It did. Wow, that's awesome. That means a ton of people saw that, and I'm sure um, residuals were through the roof, perhaps. But uh, <laughs> tell us about that experience. That that seemed really cool. Um. It was it was cool and to this day it's still a little you know surreal because two years ago I bought the C8 Stingray just as a customer from a dealership, um, you know paid full price for it didn't know that I was going to be able to even afford the payment the payments every month for it. Um, yeah. To two years later, Chevrolet personally reaching out to me asking me if I'd be a part of the Z06 commercial and the documentary that they shot, and then ending up having me on the panel with these incredible people like the chief engineer of, of Corvette. Um, it, it was, it was pretty crazy. And, and just to be recognized for, uh, some of what me and my team enabled to do with that platform was, was nuts. Like I literally bought the car as a customer two years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Um, any, um, tips for hybrid users? Um, I know you bought your mama RAV4. I have a new, uh, Lex UX 2021. Um, I, I, the only thing I can say about hybrids, although they, they're, I hate those. you hate them. I, I <laughs> get not it. Exist. <laughs> they're great on gas mileage. However, they're not great performance. They're not cars. Right. Right. What not are yet. I see it. When carbureted, when fuel injected, you know, everyone's like, oh, who is going to deal with these, you know, ECUs and tuning? And it's so different. And then, you know, people kind of shifted and, you know, it's always going to have a special place in the industry. And then people progress to that. And I feel like we're at this weird spot right now where hybrids um, and really EVs are being introduced. And there's not a whole lot of tuning and, and aftermarket support for those. But I feel like soon there will be. And you know, it's it's got, you're you're gonna learn different visceral feelings. So in, instead of of hearing, you know, your RPMs, you're gonna feel and hear the transmission. So you're gonna start hearing transmissions more. You're gonna hear that whine. They're gonna start likely tuning to feel shifting and different types of, you know, visceralness, if that's a word. Um, visceral so is I, perfect word actually yeah <laughs> i feel about, a lot more telemetry that you can you can play around with if you're like a big data head like yeah. you know with evs and hybrids that 
I don't know. I would think I, I, I know almost nothing about cars. That's why I barely said a thing <laughs> during this uh, during this conversation. But, you know, like I could I could see like there being like that could be the next evolution for like gearheads is you kind of totally. get that data. Yeah. And I think it's really and and for the C8 Corvette, for example, cars nowadays are so smart. So, you know, you can't tell the ECU what you want it to do anymore because they have all that locked out. So a lot of what we had to do was trick the sensors. Um, so that was one way we were able to put the horsepower down that we were able to do. Sorry? Or get some speed chips or something to counteract the CPU unit. You know, do, doing whatever you can, right? So a lot of it's, you know, telling the mass airflow you're seeing something else and, and that's tied to this yep. body control module on this, you know, engine sensor and whatnot. Um, but yeah, to, to your point, you know, when we are able to do more with the EVs and I haven't spent a lot of time in that space to be able to tell you exactly what that's going to be, I do feel like there's going to be a huge opportunity there on the performance side of things. Wow. And what are your thoughts on uh, the Teslas? Do you have an opinion they're, on those? I like them. <laughs> I've thought about getting one myself. Yeah? They're quick. They're quick. Have you have any of you guys driven or ridden? In a I wish I had. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're they are fast. Nuts. It's yeah. nuts. It's unreal. Like the G's that you feel that you just get thrown in the seat is, it's nuts and it's so quiet and you don't expect it. It's just instant torque. Wow, wow, that is really cool. Uh, Chachi, you got a nice car too. Why don't you throw out your car to Amelia? Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to brag, do you? I get it. <laughs> um so fastest well, car actually here's a yeah. question for you what's the worst like most annoying car you've had that i've owned that you've owned yeah sure that you've owned like my um, first car was a ford ltd and i hated that really car. you so, hated that oh I my god well, <laughs> oh, well then yeah you didn't have the one that my dad gave me so. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say my, it was a love-hate relationship, but probably my 2013 Toyota Prius. Um, actually, 2007, <laughs> sorry, my 2007 Toyota Prius. I could fit more on the back of that thing than most trucks. I fit yeah. tires in that thing. It was really spacious, very great spacious. gas mileage, but it looked like an egg. And I just, <laughs> yeah. I hated it. When I, yeah. I actually ended up swapping um, a Honda K-Series engine into it, bought a turbo off eBay and boosted it and have a manual Civic Si six-speed transmission in it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it rips. I like the car a lot more now. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. longer Prius. The <laughs> <laughs> Prius, so. <laughs> yeah, the, my parents have the Prius too, and you're right, it's very boxy. <laughs> I guess the 2013 one was boxy, maybe the 20... The 2007 was more egg shape, I guess. Yeah, I think of it like a lunchbox almost. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought it was amazing. I mean, I, now I want to watch the rest of Fastest Car because I think it's so cool that you had, you know, what you call the sleeper cars versus the supercars. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. So you had three uh, sleeper cars, which are basically really anything. You just have to basically just... Uh, you know, um, build them to to standards, right? To racing standards. Is that basically what goes behind that? Um, you mean for safety or? 
Safety, speed, taking the guts out. Well, um, well, it depends on what kind of driving you're going with, Al. Is it drag racing yeah. or is it more of well, a... Well, in, in Fastest Car, they were doing drag racing. So. Okay. Yeah. So... so they made us do... Um, everyone had to have a roll cage, a fire suppression system. Um, okay. Um, and, you know, they they wanted fuel cells on some cars, uh, depending, you know where it was in relation to the rear axle in case you got hit in the rear that there wasn't going to be any explosion um so they definitely took safety seriously and made sure that um regardless of what car that you were driving that at least you're going to be safe god forbid anything were to happen and that's you know that's a big conversation nowadays too is well you know you can take um a you know a 90 shit box and make 1500 horsepower out of it, but it's definitely oh. not going to be as safe as like a modern car. Um, speaking of the Teslas and whatnot, NHRA just recently passed that, um, I don't want to speak on the year because I don't hundred percent remember, but I'll just say newer cars can now go up to eight, five without needing a, you know, a full roll cage, which was crazy because there's, you know, there's a few years where you'd bring your Tesla to the drag strip you, and you couldn't run unless you actually welded a cage inside of it. Uh, which was, you know, hey, I just bought this car. I just want to safely take it on the track. Um, and at the time, you weren't able to do that. So now they're they're constantly trying to, you know, figure out what's safe for someone to do. Well, well have you had any big accidents before? Because, I mean, I was filming in Virginia. I totaled my truck at 40 miles per hour. What, what they do now, the whole, everything shifts. So, I mean, I bought the truck back from the insurance company to rebuild. I had to move the cab, everything. I, the whole body. What year the whole, was it? Uh, 2007. Okay. Yeah. The, so, I mean, I that, mean, that's one of the safety things they do now. So I didn't even feel the impact. I mean, I was good enough where I didn't hit them dead on, but I hit them just enough. So. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing about, you know, crumple zones and whatnot. Yeah. 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 And um, how does the family overall feel uh, about, about the, the racing aspect? Uh, I know that the person who won um, your episode of uh, fastest car, the, the family kind of, didn't like the racing, but overall, how does your family, um, um, I guess, embrace that aspect? Um, I don't know if my mom fully understands <laughs> what it is I do, or or like the gravity of the of you know how fast some of these cars are that I'm driving. But she's definitely supportive. You know, she she definitely the one thing she always told me growing up was, listen, like you can do anything you put your mind to, you just have to work hard for it. Um, but I think she believes in me. She trusts me. But I, I don't think she fully, fully understands exactly, you know, what what it is I do. But I'll tell you what, if that got her that Rav Four, what you do, then I think she's, <laughs> I think she's gonna be okay with it. Wow, wow, that was Have awesome. Have you tried wow. any of the 410 Sprint cars at all? Because that's so a what? lot like drift. 410 Sprint cars, the cars with the wings on it, the dirt track. I ha- I've always wanted to drive one of those. I never have. Those things are awesome, man. I've driven them quite a few times. I mean, it's almost identical with drifting. It's just open wheel, and you get a lot of dirt on you. I bet that's a blast. It, it looks is. like so much fun. It's just controlled sliding. That's all it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <It's> drifting, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you're speaking her language there, Paul. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Well, this was great. Of course, we, we got to check you out. A California Christmas, City Lights. Um, wow. And then this is the second uh, film. So I think all things come in threes. So if they called asking for a reprisal of your role uh, for the third film, I'm sure hopefully you, you may be on board. 
Oh, I'd be more than happy to say yes. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. And what I love about this film when watching it, you can actually watch it without necessarily watching the first one. You kind of get the aspects of it. But I would recommend watching the first one, but you're not completely wa- lost watching the second film. Totally. No, I'd agree with that. that. It makes it great where you don't feel like you need to go and watch the first, but if you do, you just get more of their relationship and where they've come from. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely want to see more of the Lindsay character, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy to bring her back anytime. <laughs> well, oh, wow. Thank you, Amelia. This has been yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank it was so really much nice chatting with all for, of you. For being on Below the Belt show for our Christmas show. Uh, we wanted to have uh, promote a Christmas movie on a Christmas show. This is our final show of 2021, so we're so happy that you could you could be a part of it. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we'll end with a promo. If you could let us know who you are, uh, throw out a plug for uh, California Christmas, uh, your YouTube show, whatever you want, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Sure. My name is Amelia Hartford. I am on the Below the Belt show. Make sure you guys watch the Netflix movie, A California Christmas, available now on Netflix. And if you want to follow my socials, Amelia Hartford, or if you just search Car Girl on YouTube, I'll pop up. But thank you guys all so much for your time. That was thank amazing. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, we all with oh, a Christmas uh, snapshot, right? Chachi, you're taking right. the honors? Sure, on the count of three. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Cute. Awesome. And well, of course, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. <laughs> Amelia, holiday. thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much. Have a great one, guys. Have a good one. And thank you to uh, PR Machine. Yes. You guys rock. Thank you for bringing us. <laughs> PR Machine was on the line, so I had to throw it out. <laughs> thank you, Rachel, <laughs> Chris, Mike Leota. Thanks, guys. You guys are I awesome. I love that. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right, bye. Merry Christmas. I'll get back to my bourbon. Wow, that was great. Yeah, she was. It's always it's lovely it's woman. Always, it's, it's always really cool to you know to listen to someone who's so passionate and so knowledgeable about oh, yes. about something. I mean, it helps. She's great to look at too. But, I know, right? But, <laughs> but but she's like you know just combining that with how much like you know legit real legit. deal knowledge that you can't get without like putting the work in. That's. Yeah, eight hundred thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. That is amazing, yeah. amazing guys. So, all that's right, someone, that's someone you gotta respect, though. Like she was, she was impressive. That she was impressive. hard work. I mean, she had yeah, yeah. And again, like you said, not bad to look at either. <laughs> that certainly helps. All right, let's continue with uh, some more HBO stuff. Um, Steven Soderbergh's uh, film. Kimi, which a lot of people say Soderbergh is my Jewish surname if I had one, but uh, Steven <laughs> Soderbergh will de- you debut. You need to be cast in next movie. I know, right? Will debut on HBO Max on February 10th. Um, Kimi um, stars the beautiful Zoe Kravitz. As you know, she'll be Catwoman in the upcoming Batman. Um, we also have Byron Bowers, Jamie Camille, Erica Christensen, Derek Delgadio. Um, and, uh, yeah, so check that out. Kiwi, uh, sorry, Kimi is from a script by David Kep. Um, so, uh, look out for it on, um, HBO Max. Also, um, if you are a fan of Harry Potter, they just dropped a trailer for the much anticipated reunion 
of the cast, the Harry Potter 20th anniversary, Return to Hogwarts. General, you're a big Harry Potter fan, aren't you? Actually, I really don't know much. Are about you, Harry you're Potter. not. You're not a big Harry Potter. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Actually, completely I mean, wrong. Like, I've always, I've always intended to. Like, I have to read the books first before. Oh, I just, okay. You went for the books first. I get it. Yeah. yeah and, like, it's yeah, the bad guy in that one too. Come on. I mean, General read every single comic book since 1957. I mean, give him a so fucking we have break. To, we have to give you a break, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Can't, he can't read everything. <laughs> yeah, he can't read everything. God, man. <laughs> I mean, you but, ask him about, like, the the blue um, shark fin character. Blue beetle. <laughs> oh, yeah, blue shark fin. He's a great character from 1984. No, actually, it was this... It was, it was written in 83, but released in 84. Yeah. He was on page 142. I'm impressed, General. Yeah. But nonetheless, the reunion will be very much like Friends, the Friends reunion style. Um, getting all that together. Uh, all the cast together. To talk about everything Harry Potter. Uh, let's see. Over on Amazon, a new... Um, Romantic comedy with Jenny Slate and Charlie Day from It's Sunny in Philadelphia. They just dropped the trailer for that. Um, uh, yeah, I Want You Back was actually uh, inspired by the Jackson 5 song of the, na- of the same name. Jenny Slate was a great guest on this show. Like, didn't she? She, she was a call-in so guest. So Jenny, Jenny Slate, I wish was a call-in guest. I actually interviewed her. As a part of Click on This Show. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, which we did interview her um, to talk about her podcast film as Tribeca. Uh, she's another lovely, lovely woman, isn't she? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a, it seems like a very fun, fun um, romantic comedy. It's time to va- for Valentine's Day, so we'll land on February 11th on Prime Video. Also, Gina Rodriguez from uh, um, CW's uh, Jane the Virgin. And Scott Eastwood, one of the Eastwood uh, spawn of Clint, will be on there. Um, also, if you're a fan of um, Good Omens, which is created by the genius that is Neil Gaiman, I know General knows about that. Yes, I do. Uh, John Hamm will be returning for season two and reprising his role as Archangel Gabriel. And it's currently in production in Scotland. So... That would be uh, sounds pretty cool. Uh, over on Apple TV Plus, an upcoming thriller series called Severance will premiere with two episodes on February 18th. Stars Adam Scott as Mark Scout, who leads a team at Lumon Industries. Um, this is an interesting premise. So the employees' work and personal personal lives are surgically divided. So they undergo a procedure called Severance. Um, so basically, you sever your memories between your work life and your personal life. So I, I'm guessing people's personal lives interfere with their work lives for whatever reason. They have a surgery that divides the lives. Uh, it's pretty deep, to say. Um, very intriguing, intriguing. Um, it's actually kind of horrifying when you think. Is it horrifying? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of horrifying, too. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's almost as horrifying as as. Uh, what was as, it? There was a there was some. Um, oh, it was like from the late '90s. This like he it was a Keanu Reeves movie, where he played like a character. It was like um, it was like all cyberpunky, and wasn't that like part of the thing? Was that like his memories were removed, like uh, in his job, and that does sound very very familiar. 
Yeah. Johnny Mnemonic. Up... Johnny Mnemonic. That was the Johnny Mnemonic. Cool. Okay, the very very similar um uh, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, General. Yeah. But it's like I... there's something that's so like dystopian about that idea, where like you know you're. Mm-hmm. You know, your employer pretty much just like removes like this part of you. And I guess it's not far off. Yeah. You heard about Elon Musk's chip thing, right? Oh Oh, my God. Elon Musk can do anything next year. So it's like, that's not far off. Mm Yep. If you could put William Shatner in space and, and return within the same day. Um, yeah. That's, (laughs) I think Elon Musk can do anything. Um, let's see over on Hulu. We just saw the first trailer for How I Met Your Father. With the lovely Hilary Duff, who plays um, the mother. Did they show that before and it didn't go off well or something? Did well, How I Met Your Mother went extremely no, well. No, equal How I Met Your Father, they had a pilot and it just didn't do well. So No, this but, is this is the first time they're doing this, Paul. No, I think they had a pilot a while back. But, I mean, I, I just don't think it played well. So They I had a pilot? Oh, I don't know. I didn't hear about that. As far as I know, this is the first iteration of How I Met Your Father. I thought there was another pilot. You might want to check into that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not aware, but you know, it's Hillary Duff, and I love Hillary Duff. So I don't think <laughs> it was another She's pilot, amazing. though. I don't think. Right. Yeah. I guess it was a pilot. Maybe. Maybe they it failed to impress. Yeah. You know? um, but this one is already. This one's already. You know, greenlit on Hulu. It's going to get the entire first season. Um, and Hillary Duff will also be a producer on that one as well. And we had Tony Winters from Yellow Jackets a couple of weeks ago on BTB, and I knew he was like, yeah. he had his fingers crossed for uh, Yellow Jackets season two, and his wish has been granted. Showtime renewed. The yeah, he's right. He's like, yep. there was a um, a pilot called How I Met Your Dad, um, a spinoff from How I Met Your Mother, and it was expected to debut 2014, but was shelved indefinitely. Um, wow. Didn't get picked up. Oh, the, I wasn't the, sure. The, the pot oh, on Paul, Sally. okay. Yeah, the pot focuses on Sally on the journey of how she met her daughter's father. She lives in New York with her friends. Is getting divorced from her first husband. Has no idea. Oh, wow. What she is doing with her life. Um, but then in April 2021 is announced how much her father had been ordered um, by Hulu. And it's based on a rewrite of How I Met Your Dad pilot um, with Hilary Duff to play the lead character. Oh. So very good. Paul, I, I stand corrected. You're correct, sir. The Sith Lord was correct. I, 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 see, I, I use I, my I, Sith powers. You must have used your Sith powers, man. Yes, yeah, I don't know why they would call like a, a sequel to How Much Your Mother or How Much Your Dad. Yeah, then that doesn't sound as good. No. Not yeah, as, not it looks as like good. it was supposed to star Greta Gerwig, who does not seem it like was, a, yeah. a big sitcom person. So right. that's a... Uh, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I, she doesn't have a link on um, Wikipedia for her name. Greta wow. Gerwig doesn't. Mm-mm. Greta Gerwig is like this huge. I thought she was a pretty big star. Yeah, that's surprising to hear, actually. No, yeah, well, she has a she has a Wikipedia link. I'm looking at her yeah. Wikipedia page right now. It wasn't linked on her How Met Your Dad um, post for some reason. Oh, she, they just forgot she had linked it. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's probably what it is. Well, speaking of sequels, well, this is more of a reboot. Uh, the Bel Air reboot. Peacock just dropped the trailer. Oh. Um, like, well, it's not really a trailer. Out, no. It's a uh, it's a teaser, more like it. It's just the Jabari Banks who's playing young Will Smith in a pool, and kind of like um, it was really kind of surreal looking, really. But Does I was Will happy... Smith appear in this at all? No, uh, Will is a is a producer. Will and Jada Pinkett, uh, West 
Brooks Studios are producing this series. But again, this is a dramatic take on the Fresh Prince. So it's so just weird. simply. I just don't get that out of it. We'll see how it goes. I, I'm, I, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll tune in. You know, I, you know. I mean, if Brandon, I, the Fresh Prince and was its own standalone thing, maybe I would be more enthused about it. But I think right. the Fresh Prince, people are going to expect the comedy, and it's not going to be there. It's not going to have gonna... any comedic. Yeah, it's going to be a drama. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how that happens, man. Um, how that, that goes down. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see, guys. You know, it might impress. I did work on it actually. I did one day on it, so. Happy to work on it. Um, we'll see whether I'm featured or not. But did uh, you um, play Carlton? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, over on NBC, let's talk about Saturday Night Live because this made big news. They're actually on the verge of canceling the final episode of 2021 because of a, a positive COVID-19 outbreak. Four unidentified cast members had contracted COVID. Wow. But they kind of alluded to who it was. They said, don't expect to see Colin Jost, Shara Sherman, or Aristotle Athari. Um, <laughs> so that's like three of the four well, uh, cast members. Um, and uh, <laughs> Cecily Strong was one of the cast members who was voice concerned over the outbreak of the show still continuing. Okay. So the, what they decided to do was still have Paul Rudd host. Are they going to do had, a virtual thing again? Well, it wasn't virtual. They They, they had very limited cast members. They had Paul Rudd, Tina Fey, Keenan Thompson, and Michael Che. That's it. And Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. So they were talking about the the, the the five club. There's only a certain number of hosts that have hosted the show five times. Oh, which, which, uh, with Tom Hanks, Paul Rudd, now earning his fifth spot, Tina Fey, um, who obviously was a cast member as well. But, um, yeah, the show still went on. They had pre-recorded um, skits they shot earlier in the week that they used. They also combined it with old skits like Justin Timberlake's Dick in a Box, which everyone loved and remembers. But uh, so so supposedly this COVID, uh, this Omicron variant, uh, the infections uh, are, yeah, are in particular story. rising in New York. I mean, yeah, I well, they're rising everywhere. <laughs> they're rising everywhere, but in particular from yeah. New York. With the rising Omicron variant, in addition to the cast members getting COVID, they didn't want to cancel the show completely. This is pretty much all they could do was just basically. So even the band, even the band had like only the the one um, one member of the band, I think playing sax or whatever. And Charlie XCX who was supposed to be the musical guest. Um she couldn't perform because you know they couldn't have all the crew there to set up the stage okay. or whatever so shark musical performance was canceled um you know they could have went the virtual route for that but um they did pre-record a skit with charlie xcx in it but man that's that's kind of scary to hear that and see that concerning you know we're yeah but did you hear about this variant i heard it's i mean i'll talk to your doctor first i heard it's not as deadly I heard it's more contagious because that's what most viruses do. Over time, they get less deadly but more contagious. So next yeah, one, less be, deadly, more like, contagious. They're, okay. they're they're talking about it being like exponential growth in terms of, and of course, if it's not going to be wrong, everybody's going to get get it. Yeah, I mean, if it if it becomes eventually just like having a cold, then that's great. That would be like absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if it's just like having a cold, then it wouldn't be that big deal getting it. 
Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you watch, you know, if you look at like the the new cases every day and it just like the curve becomes this like straight line that goes up over the past like week or so. Well, I have to be extra careful because I can't get vaccinated. So, I mean, like even in stores, it's like the problem is I think a lot of people have been vaccinated <laughs> now and they act like they they can do anything because they're vaccinated. But that's not the case. You could still get and still spread it. People need to realize that. Yeah, I was I was like that for a while. Like I I'm triple vaxxed and I was like, oh, like I'm pretty much yeah. indestructible now. And yeah, I mean, I think if you look, though, there's a lot of people trying not they don't distance. They don't. I mean, I try to do as yeah. best as I can because as I said I can't get vaccinated because of illness. But mm-hmm. it's just people have to just be careful. I mean, just like the mask thing. I don't think I mean masks help you not spread it, but I mean that doesn't mean you can't get it at all either. So right we'll have to talk about that. Well, we could talk COVID all night, but that's not what the Christmas show is about, right, guys? Yeah, let's, yeah. yeah. Not quite, not quite gonna... in line with the spirit of the season. Yeah. So let, 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 let's just hope it doesn't affect the holiday season, but, you know, sadly it is. All right. Um, this is interesting. So CSI Vegas uh... came back, and they brought back the original cast, which, okay, with CSI was a big hit, right? I don't watch procedural yeah. shows. But now they want to do a second season without William Peterson in the cast. So I thought that's well, kind of interesting. Yeah, He's like the main star of CSI, but you're not going to bring him back for a second season. Well, that's kind of what they did the first time, isn't it? They kind of like wrote him out and just did it with everybody else. I don't know. I, I didn't tune in, but I know he was definitely a part of the I mean, first season. He, he was the main star like the first He was the main eight. star and agreed to be in the reboot or the, the sequel series. You know, um, but those procedural shows, I don't know. Yeah, I'll watch them if a friend's in it because I've had some friends guest star in them, but uh, uh, I typically don't get into those procedural. I shows. mean, is it is it like? Um, oh, I forgot the guy's name. the The guy who was on NYPD Blue, and it was such a huge deal. Oh, oh that was the Miami one. That was a uh, what's his name, the the red hair guy. Yeah, and it was oh, such yeah, yeah, yeah. a David huge deal that he quit the show. Yeah, well, David Caruso was just anyway. I mean, he just kind of. You know what? And that, that leads me to the next point, Chachi. Let's let's talk about um, when a lead actor leaves a show, and that's actor Jeff Garland, oh, um, yeah. who will not return to ABC's comedy series The Goldbergs following a string of misconduct allegations against him. Oh. And HR, uh, there's an HR investigation into this uh, behavior so apparently he made, you know, jokes or comments about, you know, my vagina hurts or some, uh, something along those lines. Yeah, um, yeah that's the problem I have with the cancel culture. Like, they, you can't have comedy anymore. You can't have right? comedy anymore. You cannot have comedy anymore, guys. Yeah, like and Richard I, Pryor, there's no way Richard Pryor would fit in today's society or, a, or like even Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks even early Eddie him Murphy. Him or Eddie Murphy. Let's give him any money. Eddie Murphy had to change his comedy stuff. You notice on the new... Yep. Uh, the new uh, coming to America, but you know he's he was the prominent star of the Goldberg since the series premiered. Um, and what sucks is that they're not going to let him finish the season out. I mean, they're on season nine. Um, I really don't think the series should should continue. I mean, they did that with Roseanne, the the yeah. sequel uh, uh, for so Roseanne. They continued and called it the Connors. But I Josh, I know you're a big Goldbergs fan. I mean, it just. Uh, I was. I was back in the you, day. You were, you were, but it, the show's changed. It's, it's evolved. Um, but basically, yeah, I mean, he said that we have a difference in opinion, Sony and himself. My opinion is I have my process of how I'm funny in terms of scene and what I have to do 
they feel like it makes for a quote unsafe work workspace uh now mind you my silliness making unsafe work workspace i don't understand how that is i'm always a kind and thoughtful person i make mistakes sure but my comedy is about easing people's pain yeah. why would I ever want to cause pain in anybody for a laugh that's bullying but, that's just it's like a, see like t- 10 years ago what about like bob saget bob saget have you ever heard his stand-up comedy they say he got in trouble on Full House, but it's oh, like... Oh, he would make, like, he, he pedophilia was jokes, really too. really raunchy. Oh, yeah. Raunchy yeah. And, pe- yeah. and made pedophilia jokes, and... There's a difference between raunchy and, like, being, like, harassing. Like, the, like the, the whole idea with this is that this was, like, pointed towards people as opposed to just being jokes. That's at least the implication. Right. And... I mean, obviously, we weren't there. We don't know what really happened, but right. it's. Um, I think that's that's the big difference. Like, like being raunchy is fine. It's as long as like you know, it's it's also the whole idea with like comedy. You shouldn't be punching down. You should always be punching up with your jokes. Not really. Right. You don't think so? No. You don't no, think, comedy. Comedy should be think, whatever. It, is, is funny and and Chappelle got it um in trouble for that. That was hundred percent right. For like um you know doing like trans jokes or whatever, mm-hmm. or making fun of stereotypes like that, and people say that was um, punching down. But but Chappelle also was like paying tribute to a friend who got who committed suicide because they attacked him for his joke. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's they bullied. Right. They bull. That's a thing. They're canceling people at the same time. They are bull. They are bullying these people at the same time. They're bullying Jeff Garland, I think, because yeah. they're they they put him in a position for him to lead as the, as the patriarch of the Goldbergs family, to walk away from the show, and you know, I mean, he was kind of on the same page. He said on his, uh, he said on a comedy show that he did that he actually, um, he actually hated working on the Goldbergs, and he he was pretty much just in it for the money, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, um, his comedy is more geared for um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it, the biggest thing that they were saying that he said was like, like, like oh, my vagina, when he was doing scenes um, in his underwear, he always wears these tidy whiteies, which is like how Adam F. Goldberg's father did. So right. a lot of his scenes are in his underwear, and he would make fun of it, like himself saying like that he had a vagina when he was getting up off the chair or something like that. Which I don't even know if that was even funny or not, but I don't know why people would take offense to that. Was right. That, is, is that the thing that got him in trouble? That was the biggest thing that they brought up in the articles. I don't okay, know, I don't well, if, that, if that's the case, that's pretty yeah. fucking stupid. That Because he's, that he's trying to get into a funny work. like rhythm, and so he's trying to like say outrageous stuff yeah. to like right. make himself funnier, I guess. I don't I think mean, it's... When I, I, mean, worked, a lot, I worked a lot I on Veep, and on Veep they do, used to do that stuff all the time, so I mean behind the scenes so it's like there's even joy louise dreyfus made jokes about stuff like that and it's like she's you know what i mean and she's not canceled and she shouldn't be canceled because it's just loosening people up on set well i haven't heard that it was actually any of the um cast it probably was like some of the um crew that you know well, i mean as i said that was going on with beef joy louise dreyfus could say stuff like that too but but i mean nothing with as i said nothing offended any of the cat if, if somebody's offended then they just should Get another job. It's like well, my biggest it's um, comedy. My, my biggest thing against the Goldbergs in recent years is that it's gone downhill by a lot. And I, I didn't say that to the guests that we had a couple weeks ago. I mean, I think all the actors on there still do a great job. 
but it's just the storyline has gotten so terrible. Like Adam F. Goldberg, which was the creator of the show, left. I think it was a couple seasons ago, like two or three seasons ago. Is he no longer a producer? I think he's involved some kind of um, on the business end. Yeah, maybe on the creative end. Yeah, some kind of figurehead type of thing. Like, but he never posted anything about it anymore on his um his social media, which makes me think that he like didn't leave on good terms mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And then once he left, they no longer use his um home movies and and personal pictures and stuff that they used to use on most episodes. So the best part of the show was is actually was based on scenarios from his real childhood, which was really cool. That made the show more authentic. And like they would have a whole show and then he would show like a home movie that tied in what happened from different stuff on the episode, which I thought, you know, was really relatable for people who grew up in that time period. But now it's just kind of like there's nothing that ties into real life. uh, And it's just gone like downhill. It's not as funny, like, especially when um, George um, Seagal died. I think he was one of the bright uh, spots on the show. When he was gone, now it's not much to um, watch it for anymore. And it seems like it was just one snowflake crew member. One crew member uh, that complained, and then you know Jeff got called in, and they go, look, you can't do this. And I go, yes, I can. And then they go, you might get fired. And he goes, I'd love to get fired and hit and have it hit the papers, cover up TMZ. Jeff Garland fired because his vagina hurts. He actually <laughs> he actually said that um, uh, during his stand-up show, his L.A. show. Um, but yeah, purely in it for the money. Why does he do the show? The money. Um, so um, I'm curious how they're going to wrap up the season nine and explain his sudden departure. Right? I, I read somewhere that they, they have been using for some of the scenes, like a stand-in for him. And kind oh of yes, that's like right. Okay. Face, you know, on on the stand-in to, for for his parts. So he's he hasn't been on the show much at all. This oh, that's going to look so <laughs> weird. Kind of like when uh, when Isaac Hayes, um, you know, left oh, South, South Park, Park and, they, and, they, like, and they just took all his over. old. Yeah, they did all his old voice work and put it in, and it was just sound really awkward. But that's children. <laughs> yeah, I know it's going to be weird. So that's yeah. not the end of cancel culture, guys. Chris Knoth has been dropped by CBS series The Equalizer after being accused of sexual assault by two women. So not only was he in The Equalizer, he's actually he actually reprises his role in the Sex in the City sequel series and just like that. Um, so yeah, uh, story though, if it's a, if it's an actual assault, now if he's proven guilty, that's one thing. But if he's not guilty, that's a whole different thing. That's so, I mean, true, I but sometimes it's it's it doesn't matter, you know. Um, but in this case, two women under the pseudonyms of Zoe and Lily, uh, basically they, they saw him. They t- they saw I'm Chris kidding. again. Well, they, yeah, I know, right? They saw Chris again, uh, and then just like that, and um, because of that, they kind of like reinvigorated their 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 feelings. You know, their uh, you know their their even though you know. I mean, supposedly um, the the accusations, according to Chris, were false and that they were consensual. But, um, you know, they they didn't make any comment of it now. But because Chris is doing well and in the Sex and the City um, sequel and just like that, they decided, okay, well, maybe now is the time to strike. And um, apparently the cast of Sex and the City... Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis, they actually addressed the allegations and said, we are deeply saddened to hear the allegations against Chris. 
We support the women who have come forward and share their painful experience. We know it must be a very difficult thing to do, and we commend them for it. But so what if you, you have a like, bad breakup with those women or something, too? I mean, they could be like, just ruining his career for nothing. Yeah, we don't know, man. See, that's we really don't know. Said, like, I mean, if he's convicted of doing something wrong, hey, ban him for life. But they should look into stuff before they just kind of like be like, eh, you lost your job because somebody says something. Well, I mean, yeah. if he's guilty, yeah, definitely they should do legal action. But it sounds weird that they're waiting for it. They're striking now because they see him on a popular movie. Then yeah. going after him when he did whatever they said he did. The sex well, that's kind of the what city, happened with uh, Kirby Bryant, sequel. didn't it, a couple of years ago? Remember Kirby Bryant? Like, that woman came forward, and apparently she was trying to set him up the whole time. Well, sadly, we shouldn't mention that because, sadly, Kobe's no longer with us. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, he was acquitted of all that. But, I mean, it was the woman, like, that accused him. I mean, he lost his McDonald's deal. He lost a shoe deal and all kinds well, of Well, it sucks, and he we sadly he sadly lost his life as yeah, well. No. So. Yeah. Very, very, very tough situation, um, but that, that whole thing. But, yes, right. I mean, if he's certainly a scumbag and assaulted those women, then, of yeah, course, he makes sense. he's a scumbag and he did that, yeah. But, you know, there's been, you know, there's been false accusers out there, too, as well. So, any case, um, the newest uh, news on Alec Baldwin is that apparently they've, the sheriff's office obtained a warrant to search Alec Baldwin's cell phone as they continue to investigate the failed shooting on... Uh, the movie Rust, where sadly Helena Hutchins was accidentally shot and killed by a um, a firearm that was on set and uh, a real bullet, which you mentioned on the show many times already. But um, uh, my honest opinion was he was playing with the gun on set. He shouldn't have been, and he didn't check it. Plus, he hired the people who were inept for not checking in the first place. So he's responsible 100%. That's the thing, I mean, man. Affecting left and right. This movie should have been a high, high budget he film. Just said, "Hey, I'm sorry. Something happened. Yeah. It was my fault. I take responsibility for yeah. it." Instead of saying, "Hey, I didn't do anything wrong. It's everybody else's fault." That's what I have a problem with Alec Baldwin over right now. Yeah. I gotta say, this is definitely one of the most depressing Christmas shows we ever done. I think. Uh, I well, sorry about that. <laughs> well, I had I had rest in pieces to end the show with. But, right, uh, right, yeah. but you <laughs> know, one thing note. that one thing. Uh, do we need any wrestling note. highlights at all or no? No, no. <laughs> One thing really quick on, on a highlight. Chachi, why didn't we get an invite to Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively in Laurel, Maryland at Total Wine and More? Now, wasn't this the same location for uh, – this wasn't the same location that Channing Tatum made an appearance, was it? No, that was in um, Pennsylvania. Okay. So is this, was this an affiliated um, – I think it's the same chain. Same chain. See, they get all the celebrities. So yeah. I'm guessing with COVID, they didn't make a whole big deal about it and announced right. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they oh, weren't there yeah. for like an autograph signing or anything. They're just—I'm not sure why. I guess they're just there for the press. Yeah. Oh man, there. that would have been—you know—Blake Lively is one of my all-time favorites. Um, yeah. As a Gossip Girl fan, you know, guilty pleasure. Sorry, very guilty about that. I don't, I don't think you've ever been guilty about that, have you? <laughs> I think you're a just, proud. I think you're a proud Gossip Girl fan. I—I I would really love to get a photo op with Blake Lively. I know you. Oh my God, that that really breaks my heart, man. But one thing uh, I guess I'm happy about on Survivor, we had our first Canadian and Filipino winner. Woohoo! Uh, Erica Kasupanan um, apparently won a seven to one blowout vote over Deshaun Radden and Xander Hastings. Again, the first Canadian to ever win Survivor forty uh, Survivor uh, and well. 
the first Canadian to ever win Survivor uh, and Survivor 41, for that matter. There's 41 um, survivors out there right now. That's 41 great. seasons. I feel old because I remember the first Survivor. one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's 40 seasons too long. <laughs> well, you know, well, how many bachelors are there right now too? I mean, that's getting a little crazy too. Bachelor and Survivor are two of the longest uh, franchises. Yes. Well, hopefully, they give her the prize money in Canadian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, she played a very safe game and she won a few immunity challenges but i wouldn't see she's one of the greatest players but sometimes it really is just sheer luck so um that that's the case in her um but yeah i guess all i have right now guys is some uh rest in peace um shout outs and this is a small list for the christmas show good good that could be a good thing (laughs) that's a good thing uh carlos marin um one of the uh, baritone powerhouses of Il Devo, which was formed by Simon Cowell of American Idol fame, he si- he died Sunday of COVID. God, I'm, this bourbon's working, guys. Uh, he died Sunday of COVID complications at the young age of 53. Dude, yeah, that sucks. And he died of COVID. Apparently, he was he was not feeling well. Um, he was hospitalized um, on December 8th in intensive care while in the UK, um, and he was on tour in the UK. And apparently, yeah, he sadly he sadly passed away from. Did it say he was vaccinated? Very good question. Um, that is very key. And do we have that information? Mm. Um, I don't have that information in this article. Might have to look at right. one up. Well, well, wait. He was performing. He had to be vaccinated, right? Because I mean, they won't let if you. If he was on tour in the UK, and I guess in some. Yeah, UK, you have to be vaccinated. So he probably was vaccinated. Okay, so he's doing his, his tour um, uh, in the UK, and then he was, you know, started feeling ill, and then of course. Yeah, it says. Hold on, it says that he. Um, it said he was vaccinated. Where is it at? Yeah. I, I saw in the teaser of the article it said he was vaccinated in Mexico. So, this is very disturbing. Why are vaccinated people dying? Okay, well, it says that he. Do you understand how the vaccinations work? Yeah, no, it says here he was vaccinated against COVID in Mexico for the year. And that um, Hold on, Paul. they're using a mixture of uh, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Chinese, and Russian shots. So maybe, oh. it wasn't, maybe it wasn't as good as the vaccination that we have here in the U.S. Oh, he went to Mexico to get vaccinated. Yeah, that's was, where, he, where he was living at the time. For you know, I heard, sadly, um, uh, I, I, I'm aware of someone that had passed away from a vaccine that was made in China. So whatever, and then that only occurs in other countries. So not here in the U.S. So if there's ever no, no way you can't say that because I mean, if I got vaccinated without checking and I had to get blood work and stuff done, I, I would have problems too. So I mean, a lot of people are just getting vaccinated without checking, and yeah, um, I know at least one person who's been paralyzed from getting vaccinated because of their underlying medical condition. So I would say just see your doctor first. Okay, very very fair. Okay, wow, that, that takes me to the end, guys. Wow, um, we'll definitely celebrate life. This is birthdays, guys. Wow, okay. Yay. All right. Celebrating a birthday on December 21st, um, legendary talk show host Phil Donahue, 86 a day. Still alive. I'm nice he's still alive, yeah. Can you believe that? Good for him. 
James Fonda. James Fonda. Seriously, back in the eighties, he looked eighty-six. Uh, he looks old. That too. Yeah, you're right. He always had that that kind of like Snow White hair. That right. Yeah. I bet you back when he was like 35, he still looked like he was like 86, just because. Right. Of kind of like Steve Martin looks now. He kind of looks the same as he did back in the 70s. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there you go. Um, and another one that's getting up there in age is Jane Fonda. Can you believe she's 84? Wow. I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is a big one for us guys. Sam Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, happy birthday, motherfucker. <laughs> that <laughs> motherfucker. He's 73 today. That Man, wow. he's 73. I can't I was, even imagine I think he's younger him. than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, he looks great for 73. Right. He's Actor 73. Dennis Bosicaris from Better Call Saul is 69. Which one is he? Which, which character is that? I don't What's know. That? I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> I think he's Dennis Bosicaris. Dennis Bosicaris. Look that one up. Man, I'm curious to who he is as well. Uh, continuing on is uh, Jane Kazmarsik, actress Jane Kazmarsik from Malcolm in the Middle at 66. Um, Ray Romano from Everybody Loves Raymond is 64. Uh, actor comedian Andy Dick is 56. And for one of his funniest scenes ever, you got to watch Old School, where he's uh, teaching the blowjob ca- class. <laughs> Pretty funny scene if you remember that one. Uh, let's see. Actress Michelle Hurd from Law and Order SVU is 55. Kiefer Sutherland. Great actor. 55 today. Uh, really? Yeah, that's, 55. That's kind of I was thinking he was yeah. in his 40s. Yeah. Well, he's been around since the Lost Boys. So yeah. you would think that he would be a little up there. Uh, let's see. Christine Hodge from Head of the Class is 53. Julie Delphi is 52. Retina Wesley from True Blood is 43. Stephen Yun, Glenn from The Walking Dead, and of course, Oscar nominated for Minari is 38. Too soon. And, <laughs> and actress Caitlin Dever uh, from Dope Sick. And unbelievable, Last Man Standing, she's 25. That's birthdays today. Yeah, Dennis Bosakaris, he plays um, Richard. Um, I think he's one of the lawyers, I believe, from Mesa Verde. Ah, I better call Saul. There you go. Happy birthday. I think that's the um, firm that he's from. Wow. So this is the final Below the Belt show of 2021. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is an incredible show. So uh, as you say, uh, goodbye. Hopefully we have a better 2022. No COVID. No COVID, man. Let's just hope. So we always end this show. Um, we're, we're Sorry. We're going to end um, the Koki Memorial show with Cokie's famous Christmas songs that we always look forward to. And of course, Cokie's no longer with us, so he cannot do, be doing these songs for us anymore. So, yeah. luckily, yeah, it's, it's we. It's been a, t- it's been a tough year. You want to talk, talk about Jeff Hardy getting fired or no? No, we don't. No. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty much ending this show. But yes, Jeff, okay. Hardy's, Jeff Hardy did get fired for being intoxicated it's in the ring, yeah. which is a no no. But. Uh, with him. It's Christmas, Shell. Not much. Yeah. I actually didn't prepare any wrestling news. Okay. So uh, that will have to be for next year. But All right. nonetheless. So, All right. So we're going to end tonight's show. Yes, that's right. With Cokies. Um, so basically, uh, one year on Below the Belt show, Cokie actually uh, um, 
you know, felt upstaged by, I believe it was uh, Sabrina or maybe Siren Sabrina. Yeah. singing, and he got cold feet. He didn't want to perform after her. And um, he walked he out left, of the studio. He, he left, left, the, studio. He left yeah. the fucking studio. So, and, you know, that that's such an integral part of our Christmas show every year is, is his crazy Christmas song. So, myself, Koki, went back into the studio. We recorded these two Christmas songs. Um, I brought in the acoustic guitar for one of the songs. And um, again, um, yeah, it's 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 quite sad that we 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 don't have Koki um, anymore uh, in our lives to sing us a Christmas song every yeah. year. So yeah, this is actually again the um, memorial show for Koki. Again, this is Santa Claus is coming to town. His rendition, Santa Claus is hoeing your mom. Yes, and his rendition of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Have yourself a cocaine little Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Closing out tonight's show. And um, guys, we will see you in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a great show, guys. We'll see you next time. And after this incredible uh, Christmas um, parody songs by our beloved Koki, a final interview, a pre-recorded interview I did with an incredible actor named Larry Clark. He's got ties to Maryland. He went to John Carroll High School. He went to Towson University, moved to L.A., got some great co-star roles, then went to guest star. He's recurring on Star's Heels show, which is all about wrestling. Sure, uh, Big Paul, you might have seen that show. He plays um, Mary McCormick's husband. And he's also going to be in the Apple TV show called um for all mankind and um, did he work on anything local by chance um maybe on earlier in his career he did when he was living on the east coast and larry along with his wife fielding edlow uh, have a great web series called bitter homes and gardens it's hysterical guys you got to check it out they're ready drop season two uh so this uh great interview that i conducted to end 2021 with will be right after Koki's Christmas songs, guys. So, on behalf of the entire panel, including Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s, Mike the General Zod, we got the Sith Lord Paul Darth Wallace, of course, earlier, earlier in the program, Sabrina Taylor-Smith, and Ali Dash, and of course, we'd like to thank, of course, the one and only, our, our, our amazing guest, social media influencer, actress, Amila Hartford. Guys, we will see you guys in 2022. Peace. Until then, peace. peace. Peace on Earth. Goodwill towards men. So uh, due to uh, popular demand, both within BTV and our listeners all across the world, we did need Koki to save Christmas, so we brought Koki back to the studio to perform his song, his Christmas songs. There are two songs. Yeah, and it is a tradition, Koki, and last time in the studio, uh, we broke tradition, and a lot of people were upset. So, Well, that's why I'm here on our days off to record our holiday spirit song which is my rendition of santa claus is coming to town this song is called santa claus is hoeing your mom all right so here's the first song 
better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is hoeing your mom. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. He's gonna find out your mom's not in nice. Santa Claus is hoeing your mom. Where she is going, he knows who she is blowing. He knows if she sucks the dick, so she better be good and send the Oh, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better spread those legs. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming on your mom. Santa Claus is hoeing your mom. Wow, that was a great job, Koki. Um, and we have one more. We're actually going to do this one a cappella. All right. So this is um, Have Yourself a Cocaine, cocaine a Little Christmas. Christmas. All right. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Have yourself a cocaine little Christmas. Let your nose be white. From now on, your troubles will be light. Have yourself. A cocaine little Christmas Make Christmas filled with hoes From now on your troubles will be miles away Here we are as in modern days Happy golden days of whores. Faithful friends who like to bend their penises in holes. Through the years there may be many tears when you're put in jail. You will be together bent over your, your toes. So have yourself a cocaine little Christmas Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. See you in 2014. All right, guys. Special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. We have two amazing actors and comedians and, and content creators joining us on this special Christmas episode of Below the Belt Show. We have actor Larry Clark and actress and comedian Fielding Edlow joining us. Married couple. Uh, <laughs> First of all, I, I zipped through season two. I was so entertained. I, 
I kept continuing episode after episode. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Such an entertaining series. Lots Thanks. of laugh out loud moments for me. Um, uh, you guys should be just, uh, yeah, congratulations overall. I think it's so entertaining. Uh, I really appreciate that because uh, we get worried that people are going to be like, okay, and that's quite enough after four and a half minutes because we're a lot. <laughs> So yeah, we're, we, we never get tired of hearing that. So we really appreciate that feedback. <laughs> Obviously. And I, I'd like to assume this is a maybe fictionalized, heightened versions of yourselves. Kind of like I look curb your enthusiasm, perhaps. Or yeah. how would you describe your characters versus your how you are as uh, individuals? I think they're pretty representative of... Uh, Don't speak for me. <laughs> I think there's a lot of fielding and fielding. I think I was going to say it's completely Larry. There was a like, lot there's of Larry almost and Larry. No, no acting. Like, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we wanted to create these characters that, I mean, not, versions of ourselves. I mean, they're incredible narcissists who are completely self-obsessed and nothing will ever change that. It doesn't like, it isn't like we reach any kind of realization. And, right. You know, I don't know if you'll ever see us having a real emotional arc, but no, I, I feel like... we're just that way the whole time, self-obsessed and right, we can't sort of, get... Broke. I can't, I mean, I, I just can't get enough of my terrible, horrible career and uh, and your horrible We're career. basically just broken, insecure, needy people just trying to claw, claw their way to the middle. Like, it's almost like, you know, if, uh, if the Macbeths were pursuing vain podcasting projects instead of murder is what we like to say. But it's, it's a really blown out version. I would say it's my... The, the part of myself that I work very hard to like just tamp down every day and I just sort of let her run wild and open Pandora's box and just be this unfettered, just needy person. So it's a lot of fun to play this fielding character, but obviously we draw a, an incredible yeah, and, amount from and our And a lot time. of stuff during quarantine kind of inspired us and it happened. You I mean, how many times did I think I had the illness, you yes. know, you know right. I, we actually had a couple of those moments which were like, oh my God, I have a sniffle, I have Corona, you know. And then uh, to be honest, there's a part of me that almost wished he just got a, a whisper of Corona so he could be whisked off. Yes, <laughs> I noticed that the, break. the pandemic played a big part in season two. It seems like it was mentioned every episode. I guess it was in the height when you shot this in the height of the pandemic, maybe pre-vaccine perhaps. It was pretty, actually, we started pre-production in uh, yeah. pre-vaccine. We were going to shoot this very simply with just us, with no guest stars, mm -hmm. just in the house. And then when she started writing it, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden we got a crew in here. And wow. but we were like, my husband has like 72 pre-existing conditions. So we really wanted to wait for the <laughs> vaccine. And so to be honest, it's, it's fraught enough to shoot with your real life husband in your house and, right. be, and most everybody w w was vaccinated so it yeah. put another level of safety yeah it was a vaccinated safe. crew it, it had just really cleared yeah uh the but second still, shot it was still a little scary it was the summer it was last yeah. summer it was the beginning of last I mean, summer. I wanted to write a couple more sex scenes with me and the guest stars, but I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that in season three. Oh, sure. I'm okay. Sure <laughs> well, as long as Larry gets his, as long as Larry gets his scene with either uh, Blake Lively or uh, Jody <laughs> yeah. Comer, right. Jody exactly. Comer, then uh, I think it's Whoever fair. Whoever you want, darling. Whoever you want. Okay. <laughs> oh, Why don't you go tweet at Joey Lauren Adams and see what happens? I have fans. Oh. I have fans. I have fans. You have a couple of fans. I have a couple of fans. Yeah, in Baltimore. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I know, because I'm a Baltimore guy, too. That's why I was excited to have you on, Larry. I, oh, cool. I, 
Yes, I saw that you actually went to John Carroll in, in Harford County up north you know here. John and uh, Yeah, oh, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw Mount St. Joseph. Mount St. Joe's. Oh, Good yeah, Catholic we... boy gone bad, I guess, you know. Ooh, and you're kind of a private man. school kid, too, John Carroll, right? Oh, yeah. Catholic, yeah, Catholic boy. Uh, well, I don't know. I never got confirmed at John Carroll. I refused okay. my confirmation. I was like, you know, this isn't happening. You're recovering. I'm a re- yeah. It takes forever to recover from good. <laughs> yeah. And I love how you went to Towson University because so so many notable grads from there. I mean, you got Amy Poehler. Um, really? No, sorry. Um, no, no, not Amy Poehler. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Schumer. Amy Schumer. Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah, yeah. She well, you went, know, listen, blonde comedian. You know. Derek, Derek Waters. Our theater school, yeah, she did. Derek Waters, yeah. Oh, cool. I think he's from up in Towson as well. And uh, Mike Flanagan, the, the guy behind uh, all those horror shows on Netflix. He's from Towson University, too. So you're in good I company. Oh, that wow. I'm pretty, I'm more every, connected than every, I know. every day, Larry's like, I don't know why they haven't invited me back to speak. I have a lot to say. Yes. <laughs> So, which I think it's funny because you poke fun at the the real Larry Clark. Uh, it's yes. uh, yeah. 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 That, that, that's never ending. That was a real. That was based on a real argument that we had because I really did do that on Instagram. And she lost it on me. I've wow. never been so mortified in my entire life, and I was just like, "You're just not famous enough to do that." And my friends are all messaging me, "Why is he the real Larry? Nobody knows who the hell he is." <laughs> I stole my account on Instagram, and I. You could have just said Larry Clark. I just came up with it. We're gonna have another Let's argument about this. <laughs> the episode. It could have been Larry Clark. Oh it could have been Larry Clark three. Oh why not just do that? Larry Clark Oh, why do you even follow me? Why do you follow we, me? we have followed and unfollowed each other nineteen times during I, the pandemic. Oh my god. Yeah. So episode six, you guys have a crazy argument and you your characters become separated and uh, you end up uh, sleeping outside in a tent. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's just, <laughs> I mean you you're really you're shooting hard at each other uh, with with the insults and the digs. I mean were, was it taken out of like actual arguments? I mean these are really absolutely. hard things. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. And if you remember during quarantine, you couldn't leave your partner if you wanted to. I mean people did. Yeah. Well no you but you couldn't. You right. couldn't go to a hotel. There were no hotels. Right. Uh, and you have to find like a tool shed you couldn't go to a friend's friend, yeah. house because they were like no you no you're gonna bring make me sick so you come you, you know, <laughs> right everybody yeah. was stuck we we have had some of the worst fights to the point where we've had a friend say i saw you in new york but i just kept walking because your fight you're it just they sounded so bad street. they saw us on the street and kept walking yeah, yeah. Oh. they were so <laughs> horrified but i think that like a lot of times during our real life fights like there's an mm-hmm. inner monologue that i'm like i'm actually being pretty funny right now yeah. like i'm kind of charming she enjoys <laughs> fights she enjoys like, fights. Oh, my goodness. yeah you're you're a horrible fighter i guess i gotta ask you about this one thing since we're in the holiday season uh feeling you say i hate the way you love christmas <laughs> Oh yeah. Do, yeah. do you hate Christmas? And uh, Larry, do you love Christmas? Oh yeah, I've always enjoyed Christmas. You know, <laughs> I mean, a little it's, too much. It's a little. I mean, to me, I I don't know. I should say something positive. When we first started dating, I it was a magical. I grew up like a hundred percent Jewish. Never had a tree, so it actually yes. was very 
beautiful, magical, cozy thing that I never had in my entire life. I mean, I think okay, we went to the Bible Christmas Eve, which kind of freaked me out, or something was happening. I introduced her to my family, which is really crazy Christmas family. Uh, like, like his sister has a room just for presents, like all year round. Like it's insane. And she has a party on the twenty third. Yeah. Yes. Hundred people over. It's just one of, and just caroling, and it was a lot to throw at this Jewish, you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Ashkenazi Jew from New York, but it was yeah. it was beautiful. But I just feel like I'm a very non-nostalgic. Like he's Irishy, like nostalgic memories. He he cries three times a day. Like I haven't cried <laughs> since like Rocky Coach died. So for me, it just gets a little much. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I'd rather watch. Oh. I don't know Requiem for See? a Dream. Look at that. There you, you go. Know. It's like, wow, oh, you're dropping that. Not going to watch. I'll understand. <laughs> no, I totally understand. But you get the best of, best of both worlds. You get the Hanukkah. You get the Christmas. Yeah, you get eight crazy daughter. nights. And Our you get all the Christmas presents. So you it's got it all. There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, yeah, I like the connection, friendship, when it's just, like, peaceful. I mean, he has a kind of... Um, Irish loud Irish family that just tells stories till three in the morning and I'm like, aren't you done? Like, can we just wrap it up a little bit? Yeah, we like to talk. Yeah, We're Irish. it's just never, it's just never ending. Nobody and, uh, and, and they pause and interrupts. Like I'm from a, you know, like we all interrupt each other. Like and you, she talks during movies and she talks during TV shows. <laughs> well, maybe you should pick better and, movies and TV shows. No, you talk, you, talk you talk, and if you're with one of your friends who happens to be Jewish, you just talk the whole time. Oh, you sound anti-Semitic right now. It's not anti-Semitic, it's just the truth. Okay. Just because it's truthful doesn't mean it's anti-Semitic. Okay, well, you would convert to that, so there you go. Oh, yeah, I'd be a great Jew. I'm done. I'd be a great Jew. <laughs> uh, speaking of television, you guys bring up Ozark, which I 110% agree that you said his Jason Bateman's hair is too <laughs> and his shirt is tucked in, and um, I mean... Yeah, he's, he's supposed to be with the most notorious cartel... Bad guy, right? Navarro, who was just like mm-hmm. going to torture him till he gave but him. But he should secrets. be he should be peeing in his pants and trembling. Yes, like when, and, and when thank you're you for staring into that. the eyes of a killer who you know is going to slowly know. kill you, slaughter to you, take you like, apart, and, and he's so he's so he calm like, and composed. He was like, okay. It was like I was going yes. to an acupuncturist in the valley and in the waiting room, like it was. <laughs> By the way, you're the you're the first person who's really corroborated and validated us. So I really appreciate you saying that. I I, I agree that when I was watching it, I mean, he's getting all these nominations. I love the show, but I 100% agree with what you said. Yeah, and we were like, I think we're the only person to publicly ever dump on just on Jason Bateman. I mean, I was a little bit scared. I don't know. My friend was like, you know him? Like, are you okay? I mean, yeah, he's gonna come after you. I'm like, let him come after us. That would be the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. Tweeted at him and he didn't. I don't think we tweeted at him. Somebody tweeted at him. I don't know. Oh wow. I'm sure he's a good guy. Got you know, a good sense of humor too. I know. I feel bad for Justine though. What can you say? <laughs> you should start right? a Kickstarter for Justine. I mean, I think she's put her on Ozark. My God. Okay. okay. Well. You ever looked her up recently? No, I haven't, Larry. I've just been oh. folding your laundry and you know wrapping your presents. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Justine's not listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you got David uh, Keckner. Um, he must be. Is he a great friend of yours? I mean, he, this guy's hysterical. He's a comic legend. You know, we we met uh, at Twin Peaks when we started filming Twin Peaks together. Oh, cool! And uh, it was one of those things where you meet somebody, and we just had an immediate kind of connection. 
because uh, he's got a big heart. He's super funny, but he's really into his craft. And mm-hmm. uh, he immediately we started talking about our movies we were writing. So uh, he went and did the movie that I did. I I, uh, I made a movie and I put David in it. Um, and after, after Twin Peaks, after yeah. Twin Peaks, I made. Oh, a cool. Movie. Go brothers in Twin Peaks, so they got close as brothers, and they didn't even know yes. they would be each other's brothers. Yeah. So it was like this. So I cast cool him thing. in that, and then we've stayed in contact, and we see each other pretty and much did, all the he's time. He's done my stand-up show, and I've yeah. met him tangentially, but he couldn't be a bigger like. He's such a sweetheart. I said to him, "This is lit, like you said, a comic legend." I was like, "Do yeah. whatever you want, improvise. Do not feel you have to stick to the script at all." And he goes, "Fielding." You took the time to write this, and I'm gonna say your words. Oh, okay. And really I was hard. like, no, 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 please. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even rehearse with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he came in fully memorized, and I was mm-hmm. like, you wrote this monologue for him, like this crazy oh, monologue. Crazy monologue. Like, yeah. oh, he had to really work on it, you know, to get yeah. those words in his head. Yeah. And I'm like, really? I felt bad. I was like, I almost like was gonna say, hey, say what you want, and he was like, nope. I got it in my head. Gonna do it and right now. And he also okay. got the crew in this, like he whipped them up in this, like incredibly just like positive mm-hmm. energy. Like, yeah, he's the, very the positive. The days he was guy. on set, it was like it, like the work took care of itself because he's just such a positive force. Great guy. That's amazing. You also have Billy Gardell. Oh yeah, yeah. Billy's and, an old and, friend. Yeah, he's I've known him for yeah. years. He's amazing. I met him through Michael Malley, right? Yeah, you won yesterday. Michael Malley. Yeah, yeah. My, from Mike and Molly, um, uh, but before Mike and Molly, um, no, Michael Malley is our mutual friend. He was on Yes Dear. And yeah. I, my first show I did out here was Yes Dear, and Billy was on it. And that's how we got to And we had other. Billy, and Billy just from the beginning, even when from season one, he's like, guys, mm-hmm. I want to be on this show. And we didn't even believe him. And then he emailed while I was almost like, rat, like locked the script. He goes, Fielding. I'd really love to be in the season. And I was like, okay, great. Like I, you just, it was like a dream come true. And I just wrote the scene and it, it was a dream. It was literally bucket list acting with him. That is amazing. Wow. If you could pick um, any actor or comedian to guest star on uh, Bitter Homes and Gardens, who would you want? Oh man, wow. so many I'd like. <laughs> I'd love to get Will Ferrell would be fun to play with. I'd l- I wouldn't mind Helen Mirren to play your mother. <laughs> Helen Mirren. Would yes. Be- I mean, that's, that's, that's a joke. Like <laughs> Helen Mirren. Be- oh, I'm going to go now to a digital series in my Twilight. Yes. I would like to have Jason Bateman on it. Let's get, we want Jason. Yes. And- we want Jason yeah. and Justine. Or even Justine. Just, a, just I mean, Justine. I just be- <laughs> just yeah, we might try to get her in the next season. And then have her talk shit about her brother. Yeah, I would love to have, um, and Tracy Ellis Ross, I think, would be amazing, too. Um, who is that? Don't even. Are you kidding me? No, I, I'm going to divorce you. Just who is it? it? Pretend you didn't hear that. I don't know who Blackish. That From Blackish. Blackish. Okay, she's, I didn't watch Diana that. Ross's daughter. Diana Ross's daughter, yeah, she's. I didn't yeah. watch Blackish. I, I don't know. Okay, again, maybe edit this part out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. So, have you already started writing season three? We're, you know, we've been we're running around town. The we're we're in the it. pitching, trying to sell it phase, and then oh. I have five file folders worth of notes for the next six seasons, just yeah. because we've been in development wow. with different people with storyline so we're ready yeah. to do this but so we're gonna hit it hard you know it's 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 hard it's hard to find the right fit you but know we're going mm-hmm. to. We'll, we'll eventually Jan- find january it. we have we want to get like, off of youtube and then have it go on to, and live somewhere 
Um, I mean, yeah. I'm just really push Jessica Tandy. I'm a little old. We're, we're older. We're a little older. Yeah, I, older. I, we have to find the right medium. And, I, and it'd be great. I mean, everyone keeps saying, like, I don't know. I see this on Hulu. So just trying to. Hulu. Well, Tubi is is the has done a lot of short form kind of stuff. Oh. Tubi. Tubi TV. Tubi TV. Tubi. Tubi. Yeah. Tubi. Okay. You don't have to keep screaming Tubi. Tubi. I got it. I got it. I got it. No, thank you. I appreciate that. But it's really it's really brilliant. Um. So, feeling you have a thing for Doug Emhoff, the second gentleman. Wow. I did not think you were gonna say. <laughs> I love Doug M. Hoff. I do. I love him so much. He's just, I'm sorry, you can like do earmuffs or whatever, but I just feel like he's the man. He's just, mm-hmm. first of all, I feel like if he met me, he would be charmed a little bit. I, okay. I, don't, I don't know. I for can sure. see that. He, he obviously likes aggressive women. Like, <laughs> you don't think Kamala's aggressive? That is such a misogynist thing to say. She's not she, misogynist. She's a confident, complex, she's a killer prosecutor. Anyway, I, I'm nowhere near Kamala. But Are you kidding me? I just think he's the one most like incredible combination mm-hmm. of like gentle but like resilient and strong, okay. and he just wants to back up his woman. Like I, I, I mean, okay. he has his own. Yeah, but yeah, I'm okay. So that's your spank back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that and just a maybe a panoply of different comedy showrunners in Hollywood. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Larry, do you have a particular uh, political figure that you that catches your attention? That I want to have sex with? Sure. Why not? Or an emotional affair. Uh, you know who I think is sexy? Katie Porter. Katie Porter, okay. I think yeah. that is a sexy she's, she's woman. Amazing, yeah. I mean, she's just so damn smart. I am just, she she's, blows me away. I, her yeah. spirit. I would I, let you leave me. You can leave me for two. I just think yeah, she is <laughs> incredible. I mean, not that I want to have necessarily have sex with her. I would like to have coffee with her. I, you know. Yeah. I, I just think she's an incredible American. Um, okay. Completely drawn to her. There's actually a lot of women. She should be president. Now. I mean, after Biden. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Katie Porter. Yeah. Oh, this, this, forget Bitter Homes. This run. is just a plug for Katie Porter. I think she, <laughs> I think she, she could have a, uh, yeah, she could have a shot. I do think so. Okay. Well, maybe with year. all your free time right now, you can start something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Larry, I mean, I'm looking at your IMDb. You got some great stuff coming up um, for all mankind. You got a, a couple episodes uh, in 2022 in season three. Can you yeah, talk I about play, um, I your pundit, uh, I play like a Bill O'Reilly pundit. So oh, I'm in perfect. about four, four episodes <laughs> where our news, I come in yeah. and I'll, I do these news portions. Very so cool. This, yeah, very aggressive character. Okay. Wow, we're looking forward to that. And of and course, re- got up too. yeah, heels, heels and He's, stars. He is his recurring on heels, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Hey, Larry. He's, he's going to be in Atlanta for a lot of 2022. Yeah. So I start yes. filming that in March. Yeah, we start filming the second season. I want to talk about Heels a little bit. I, I've watched maybe the first half of season one. Uh, congratulations on that role. You're Ted Day, your Willie Day's husband. And uh, uh, we actually had Alan Maldonado on our program uh, to talk a little bit oh, about uh, cool. Heels. Awesome. Yeah. Larry, were you were you a wrestling fan before joining? Did you do you know any knowledge of wrestling? Okay. Uh, he looks like a football fan, but it's weird. He's not. He no goes, wrestling, he said. I know, but like he look you look like a sports guy, but he's like yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, you're a theater nerd, I know. I really like yeah, yeah, I'm kind of a theater nerd stuck inside a, a, a football looking body a guy. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't really, don't really like to go. I'll, every once in a while, I'll go to a game of something. And, sure. Uh, enjoy it. But I'm not, I can't just keep following it. And wrestling in particular, it actually, I think it's kind of creepy. But uh, it's just a little, I don't know. To me, it's, it's, the, it's theatrical. It's, You're just not a wrestling fan. Yeah. yeah. It's, you right. know, for whatever it is, it's fun. But, uh, but he plays a very good doting husband of Mary McCormick. Well, I mean, yes. I'm like the only, I mean. You're like I the think, only nice guy in the world. In the next season, I'm like the only kind of normal one there. I think they're going to use, they're going to, they're kind of setting up me for an arc of something. So. Uh, oh, oops. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Things are get very. I've heard some whispers of what's happening in season two. He came get, back one day and he's like, "They might make me a wrestler." I'm like, "Are you sure you heard that correctly?" No, no. <laughs> that would be a real. <laughs> make me a wrestler. It's like it, I'm going to be in Dangerous Liaison and wear a court. Like, what are you talking? No, they're not making me a wrestler. And yeah. if I did, you shouldn't even say that. If I did, all right. Say just that. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> not leaked stuff. All right. Thanks for the note. <laughs> How did oh, you I like did working? How did you like working with Mary? Secret. Well, I didn't think. I truly don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, but okay, all right. I can see it. I personally can see it, but I mean, thank oh, you. wow! You, <laughs> you just made his weekend. He's gonna be strutting around like <laughs> he's gonna be flexing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. How did you like Wait. working with Mary McCormick though, Larry? Oh, she's oh man. I mean, she's fantastic. I've been a fan of hers for a long time, yeah. and uh, we we hit it off right away, and. Um, Real easy. She's just like, you know, like putting on a coat. Yeah, like she's, she's, she's well, that's weird. No. She's amazing. We hung out with her at the premiere, and she's just like, you feel like, I feel like I went to camp with her. She's I just feel awesome. like I'm, she was one of those people that I feel like, and she felt it too, like we'd known each other, but we were in each other's circles back in New York, and we never met each other. Like, we ah, just came so okay. close, and we didn't, you know. But, uh, so she seems very familiar when we're hanging out. Um but uh, it's great. I mean, I, she's just a powerhouse. When really. you, I don't know. Like, when you get to it, they they have a scene that some people say is one of their favorite scenes. Oh the yeah, the season, last their yeah. last scene together. When you, if you, oh yes, yeah, yeah, she's watching. Intense. Yeah, it's, it's intense. She's getting more and more kind of like pissed off and drinking, <laughs> and she takes it home, and we have a kind of a thing. So. It's a very different fight than a bitter homes fight. It's very. like diametrically opposed. So it's right, interesting watching him actually be normal but not like a well ted is a loving yeah. guy yeah he, he's not a sarcastic self-obsessed yeah. human being right. so ted actually cares about his wife right. <laughs> oh, thanks, wow. Larry. yeah well, I I'm, <laughs> yeah but larry i was just looking at my, my gosh some some amazing um like guest star credits you got agents of shield snowfall and going all the way to the beginning law and order um were there any particular television moments that stand out for you in your earlier career? Uh, I mean, I'll never forget getting cast on Law & Order because, you know, that was huge for me. It kind of just changed. It just changed overnight. But when for you sure. Jerry, touched you as a moment. Oh, she likes to bring yeah, up these moments. I think, I, are you a Law & Order fan? Because he has a great Jerry Orbach moment. <laughs> well, about Jerry was that. You know, uh, I was a fan of Jerry's before I went on Law & Order because of the Fantastics and his stuff mm -hmm. on Broadway. And yeah. I played El Gallo and I studied his performance and his singing style. So, I mean, I got a chance to say that to him. And we mm -hmm. sang Fantastics together in the dressing room, which was like... When he touched you. Uh, okay. That, oh, then, but he's, he's a pretty private guy. 
Mm-hmm. So by the end of the second, I worked on two seasons. I did 22 episodes. And by the, the second season, somewhere along the line, um, Jerry has this thing that he doesn't let anybody touch him. Like he will like, like people, if you try to come up and you kind of touch him like that, he'll be like, dude, stay back. Like he just did not, he never extended his hand. Like he was just like a pretty, like he kept to himself and he had to really trust you or like you in order to, to do something physical. So I, uh, I never forget. I in one scene, I come in and I put it down some files and I say, "Hey, good luck on that uh, whatever his mm-hmm. name is." So, good luck, and I, I, uh, and I tapped him on the back, and he didn't say anything. And I was like, "All right, I got away <laughs> with it." So I kept doing it every take. I'd be like, "Good luck, good luck, good luck." And then finally, one scene, uh, we were on a stakeout, and as he asked me, he goes, "Okay, Lamont, you know, hang in there. I'll see you later." I go, "Okay." And he, as he left, he went, he touched me. <laughs> He touched me. So anyway, oh, it's those little moments. No. Little, little things. Yeah. I can see why that's the most memorable for you. And Fielding, you're, uh, according to the article that I read, one of L.A.'s top funniest female comedians, uh, yeah. ranking up there with, like, one of our favorites and multiple guests here on Below the Belt show, Eliza Schlesinger, uh, oh, who, yeah. who we love. And uh, love, yeah. what a distinction. Wow. That, yeah, that was a... According to Pure Wow, I was like, I, I, I was like, oh, that, that made my day. Yeah, that. I mean, it was an honor to be featured because I know, like, um, mm-hmm. Amanda Seals, I think, was on Eliza, Jamie Denbo. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I started stand. I've been doing improv for since my early twenties, but I really just started stand up when I got pregnant because I felt like she was my protector. <laughs> like, oh. if you were gonna kill me and throw like a pumpkin at my head, I had a baby. <laughs> like, it was just I was so scared to really. <laughs> commit and then I did and the doors really have been opening for me in the stand-up world in a way that like she runs her own show at the improv and uh uh, she has a lot of these top top comics come in and do her show and yeah that's been really the gift is then I just became friends with some people who'd come in like you David Kegner will come Mm -hmm. in or um, Papa or even Margaret Cho yeah been like and feeling like I don't know if they're my peers, but we're in this community and we connect and now it's like we know each other's names and we mm-hmm. email. So it's just, it's just an amazing feeling. And Chris Fairbanks. Place. And Chris Fairbanks, Fair- who was my fruit delivery crush. Oh, that was, oh, that was it. Okay. Because I've been to the Hollywood Improv. It's an amazing venue. And uh, I think it's just an interesting like year for comics. I like with Dave Chappelle. And, and it seems like comics have to be very careful about what they say nowadays. And I was curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when I've said something a little bit dangerous, let's yeah. say, and I don't mean, you know, I just mean maybe actually people are relieved and start clapping and they and it kind of breaks open the room. You kind of unlock yeah. the secret room because I think people just want no matter what, um, like a little piece of your soul and your honesty and your real, because we all are on a continuum of whatever we're, how we're navigating our lives. And, you know, so I feel like, yes, so much has been great in that, like how we, uh, the lens we see the world. Like when I book my shows, it's always half women, half men, or half people of color, half not Mm -hmm. like it. That's so important to me. And it always has been important to me, to be honest, but I don't, um, I can't take care of the room and be this like um i can't caretake the room to make you feel safe that's not my job but i also have to always be learning myself and bring that to my work if that makes sense but 
I, I can't stand the tiptoeing because then yeah, when the comic I, I, gets sanitized, we're lost. Yeah, we're I really lost. think that comics and all artists have to push the borders on what is culturally acceptable. Mm -hmm. And and even if it offends people, uh, people are you know everyone's trying to. It's it's uh, hard though. I mean the show. But you really have to go. You have it's to hard. push it. It's hard. You do have to push it in order to get a laugh. A lot of a lot of comedy is is uh, is is sensitive. I mean I don't I don't have to buy a ticket to see Louis C.K. and I probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it's such a weird well, thing. Well, don't of, you think he's now. done his? He's paid his. But I'm just saying it doesn't interest me. No, like, this it's thing just, about uh, canceling people out is I think yeah. it is absolutely absurd. And thank it's, you, it's thank you. Bite us in the ass because you really shouldn't be canceling people unless I, they turn out to be right. huge. A monster. Right. Yeah, yeah no, like I, a Harvey Weinstein, right? We have right. given ourselves too much power. Like we mm -hmm. shouldn't have that kind of power. Right. But I'm just saying, like, I didn't like his apology. Okay. I don't get, but it's like it's I didn't been have to... seven years or, or eight years. Give the guy a break, you know? Right, but I'm not saying go. Well, he's slowly coming back, and right. you know, but the thing about cancel culture is that it's so dominant and overwhelming yeah. right now. Yeah. And for whatever yeah. reason, I agree. It, and it feeds on itself. We're on the same itself. side. We're it on the feeds same on side. Itself. Yeah. So, yes. and listen, I'm not worried about Dave Chappelle. I mean, that guy's worth more money than God. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. he, I honestly think that he likes, he's made a living out of going, uh, breaking that boundary, saying stuff that's mm -hmm. not PC. That's right. how he's made a living. So right. he's never going to stop doing that. But again, it's just right. like the, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I don't know, it's going to swing or it's just going to settle down because it almost feels like in some ways, it's like the Middle Ages or hundreds of year ago when like a heretic or just like just oh, yeah. like witch a feeding hunts. frenzy, witch hunts against people. Mm -hmm. And it, it's this culture of like fear and It's really, I think, one of the worst aspects of what's going on now in, in popular Agreed. Media. Absolutely it's, agreed. Because at the end of the day, it's entertainment and just making people laugh, you know? Yes. That's all it boils down to. Or they don't have to. But it's like, I think yeah. there's a element of like, I mean, not to get on the like, I can't say a millennial train, but there's this element of just fragility mm -hmm. and not being able to separate yourself from just yes. another mm -hmm. point of view, or it's like a differences, like just sell, it's just different than you. And like, everyone's gonna live. Various yeah. aspects of this have gone on since the beginning of whenever. I mean, look, I was watching Get Back and John Lennon said that fateful thing in 1964 that he was bigger than Jesus, you know, and then he had death threats and, you know, albums yeah. were, Burned and people tried to kill him, or you know, right. they were trying going after him. Then they got him like 16 years later. But uh, you know, he, even he was trying to say, "Hey, listen, it was a little comment, a little joke yeah. I made." And now everybody's like, "He's like, what's going it's on?" It's almost man? like people just need to get busier in their own lives or get hobbies. Like we're all just way too focused on this right. external thing that we take so personally. And it's like, you know, you do you, live and let live. Let's, but let's all be you know, conscientious and, and always yeah. learning. And, and, and what I do like about is the, how you can attack the power structure uh, mm -hmm. of people like, you know, Weinstein, you know, uh, uh, people that before were untouchable. Um, I do love that aspect of this movement, you know, there you uh, go. so many wonderful things, obviously, but, the, I, but we agree, we agree sword. with you. Like the cancel culture is just, it's not been our friend, I don't think. It's been a little over the top. Well, again, please continue to create, make people laugh, do what you do. Uh, of course, Bitter Homes and Gardens on YouTube seasons one and two. 
I'm going to finish season two. I'm going to go back to season one. Uh, I'm going to binge everything because I, I was so entertained by everything you guys wrote and put together. And at the end of the day, it's just making people laugh. People, come yeah. on, you know? Let's <laughs> yeah, talk, come on. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Giggles. You know? We yeah. just want giggles. Yeah. Yes. We're not Game of Thrones. We just right. <laughs> I did see that on episode one for the DVR oh, episode. Okay. Yes, I love that Game of Thrones. Well, okay, awesome. Well, before we uh, wrap up, if you could let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Bitter Homes. Um, maybe a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, since this will be a part of the Christmas show. Uh, and whatever you want at the end. Awesome. Do you want to start? Um, uh, sure. We'll lean, just, in, we'll, lean we'll in closer. We'll just, I'll just speak for both of us. <laughs> this, is, this is Shielding Edlow and Larry Clark. Uh, we are... Happy really, holidays. Happy holidays. See, we can't. I can't even get we're really married out. But happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Ooh. Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. And we'd love on, on your break with your family, um, dip in, spend it with us on YouTube. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Bitter Homes, and you can watch season one and season two, where we basically play very heightened versions of ourselves. Or Larry just But you'll them. have fun. And watching. you get to see guest stars like David Koechner, Billy Gardell, John Michael Higgins, um, Ahmed Barucha, Madison Shepard, and, uh, oh, and we're just in eight minutes. So you know what? Little chunks. Little chunks, just in a moose-bouche. So I hope that um, makes some eggnog. And we will definitely make you feel better about your own relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, way to go. I think that's the way to be. Yeah. Good job. Keep that we up. Applaud we stay applaud you. Stay single. Stay single. Stay single. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect advice. And, say, and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. And we are on the amazing Below the Belt Show. Can we show. say that again? Ready? And we are on, on the, the amazing, amazing Below, Below the, the Belt, belt Show oh, I think that <laughs> with Al Soto. Yes. Wow. Thank you. Baltimore representing. Go Ravens. I love it. This is such a great interview. Thank you so much. I can't wait and uh, to watch more episodes. Give you a special re- uh, oh, yeah. Have a happy holiday there, Juan. Hey, Juan. How about them O's over there down the ocean, Juan? Thank you so much. We thank had a blast you. with you. Thank and you. I happy really holidays. Being invited. We love your show so much. Oh, you got to check it out a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you love did? It. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for checking it out. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. It. And I'll continue to watch some Bitter Homes. So uh, happy holidays. Thank you so happy much. Hey, buddy. Happy yeah. holidays. Thank oh, wait. Um, snapshot. Oh, on yeah. Photo up in three, two, one. There it is. Here we awesome. Go. Thanks so much, guys. You're All the right, best. Buddy. Thanks, Al. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye bye. See you. Okay. So. Um, BTB will be having a Christmas social, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, um, an amazing cake artist extraordinaire, uh, who goes by the name of Sweet Artist. It's Charmaine, uh, who's actually been on, uh, Below the Belt show a little while back, but, uh, for those of you in the DMV area, if you're looking for a quality, amazing cake, cupcakes at an incredible value. There's all those fancy bakeries out there, but this is, you know, a small business that's near and dear to our hearts and a friend of ours. Um, Charmaine um, is an incredible baker and food artist um, who makes amazing cakes, cupcakes, macarons, you name it, guys. Check out at sweet underscore artist on instagram and of course sweet artist on facebook so there you go oh wow all right 
was great hearing the Koki song. It was great seeing the Koki song, man. That was awesome. Oh, hearing it. Yeah, like, um, hopefully God has a sense of humor, because I can see Koki in heaven now while we're playing that, and he's kind of like, like hiding his face from God. It's like, oh, like, you know, you're, they're playing my um, <laughs> Christmas cuts again. <laughs> oh, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Paul, you know, I don't think That's... you've ever met, had the pleasure of meeting uh, Koki, but he was someone that uh, we loved. He, he was... Yeah. fixture on our show he was it was comedy he was un, unfiltered unapologetic he said whatever he want was on his mind and that, that was what's great about it. i i remember having to censor him so many times because oh my god so, so many inappropriate things that, that was, was 2013 that was seven years ago yeah that was seven years ago wow that's crazy that was crazy the time man. flies all right well, guys, yeah, this was the Christmas right, show. So on behalf of everybody uh, on the panel, uh, we will see you guys in 2022. All right. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Happy, and Happy New Year. Yeah. See ya. All right. Peace, bye. guys. All right. Bye-bye. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain.